happening, everyone? Welcome to the Paranormies Present, the Nationalist Inquirer. I am Johnny Monoxide, and tonight I am joined once again by Dogbot. Hello. Howdy, y'all. What's happening? And down in the dungeon, Grognak. What's up? Hey, what's going on, guys? Not that much. Uh, Reinhardt is still on... Uh, he's lost. I have no idea where Reinhardt is, but uh, he'll be back with us very soon. But he's not on tonight. But joining us for the first time in a bit, Astrofash. What's up, dude? Hey, everyone. Uh, not much. Hope everyone's been well. Yeah. Welcome back to the show. Let me see. Do we have any business other than buy our shirts? I don't believe we do. Uh, I think we have... We do have a little bit of business. Oh. Uh, we have buy our shirts. Yes. Yes. Buy the shirts, please. Uh, DissidentApparel.com. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Slash ally got- slash paranormies. Go check them out. The, yeah, there's the tin the tinfoil and the spoop waffen uh brand new styles coming at you. That's right. Brand new styles. Upgrade uh, your fit. Yes. <laughs> and honestly, the uh the tinfoil one is awesome. I've been waiting for this shirt for a very long time. I finally have it. I'm very happy. Everybody else is getting there soon. You, you can't get them unless you order them. So go to dissonantapparel.com and buy the shirts. All right. That's it for business, really. Nobody sent us anything. I checked the mailbox um, earlier today. There was nothing. That was sad. I love getting little things in the mailbox, little letters, or even the little religious paraphernalia that our anonymous friend sends us all the time. Yeah, and like Aztec death whistles made with 3D printers. Dude, those were awesome. Again, you know. <laughs> Those were awesome. That was uh, alcohol, right? I believe, wasn't it? I think so. Yeah, uh, al- it may. I it was it malice? No, it was alcohol. I don't remember. It's one of those guys. It wasn't. It wasn't somebody called Buy Our Shirts. No, it wasn't somebody called Buy Our Shirts. Oh, anyway, right. dude with three D printed Buy Our Shirts. Yeah, but the uh, the fact that you can three D print a Aztec death whistle is pretty fucking amazing. You don't want to try to 3D print one of our shirts. Just go to dissidentapparel.com and buy one. Right. 3D printing shirts, they, they tend to come out rather stiff. So, anyhow. Right. I heard you could 3D print all kinds of different things. Well, like what? It's just like miniature dragons. Oh, well, yeah. You can 3D print like figurines and that kind of stuff. I mean, but. yes. Yeah, why why pay uh, forty five dollars for one orc that's less than an inch tall? Three uh, D print your own. What I don't are they forty five dollars now? I haven't played D and D in so long. Are they? Well, n- not not D and D, but I um, a couple years ago I wanted to get my son a couple Warhammer forty K figurines, oh boy. like the ones I used to paint when I was a kid. And R- when did you paint them? When I was a kid. When you were a kid. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. Like. 14, 15 years old. Right, right. Uh, I paid. I, I made like a whole army of space marines. Well, and as stuff. you do when you're as, when you're fifteen, yeah. Right, and I mean, he was still sixteen, seventeen, and I, I thought it would be neat to uh, maybe paint a couple space marines and stuff with him. And when I went to the a couple local comic book shops, uh, I was shocked at the. Uh, how much each of these things cost in, in little kits. How much, uh, but, what was the, uh, like the inflation, 200%, 300%? Uh, 
Uh, man, I, I don't know. Like there was one with like a like a flying speeder bike with a sidecar kind of thing and a Gatling gun on it, right? right? And it had like had like two soldiers on it or whatever. And that thing was like sixty bucks. And I was like, no. Are they no. plastic and you glue them together or are they metal? Yeah, yeah. Oh, okay. They're like they're like they're plastic. They're not even pewter. Like, oh wow. Uh, some of the ones that I had were or like pewter or diecast, whatever the diecast. Yeah, metal whatever was the made it's a pewter of. something alloy. I I had a ton of them when I was like in high school playing D anD. d And then but. you would buy these kits where you would glue on the arms and the the guns. Huh, I did not and know that either. I thought huh? they were all like the pewter cast, but they're actually just plastic models. Oh wow. Well, I mean, like my my army was plastic. Uh, like you'd buy like this. I still have the I still have the the box. It's flattened out. It's so rad. Um, the the Space Marines used to have kind of like beaks, but they cut the beaks off after after a period of time. They thought the beaks didn't look cool anymore. Hmm. And uh, you know, were they, they actual beaks with, or were they just like part of their helmet? Well, their helmet came came down to a point that ah, looked like a beak. Gotcha. Yeah, it looked like gotcha. a robotic bird. Right. Okay. Uh, and. You had different you had different arms you could pick. You could pick a guy with either a flamethrower or a bolt thrower, and you could decide whether you want to put bayonets on the end bolt of the bolt throwers or not. Like you, you had all these different choices with uh, with one of the boxes, but then you could buy individual figurines that were pewter, and they were like three bucks in a in like a little plastic bag on a on a spinner rack, right? Yeah, you get the guy you wanted, and you paint him the way you want. Yeah. Yeah, and I, I'd gotten a few weird pewter things in the discount section, like like a couple of He-Man ones and stuff like that, and they're like a Jabberwocky and yeah. a Jabberwocky, really. Yeah, I have a pewter Jabberwocky that I painted nice. when I was fifteen. Also, I don't know if you missed my reference, but Bolt Thrower is a pretty cool band. A uh, Bolt Thrower is an awesome band. Yeah. Those first two albums are very good workout music. Yeah, definitely. Uh, that's the early stages of grindcore. Yeah. I, I like in retrospect when I look back at Bolt Thrower, I guess I consider them more traditional heavy metal, but at the time they were uh, labeled yeah, I, as grindcore. Yeah, I, I guess I never, I didn't realize they were labeled grindcore. I didn't. What? Who was doing this? Like Kerrang magazine and stuff. Yeah. yeah you know. Yeah. Like all, all the. It, you didn't have the internet back then to find out about new bands. You, right, you either had... took you either took a flyer on a tape at mm-hmm. the the music store you went to, right, or or you read about them in a one of those magazines. Right, you had what was it? It was um, shit. It was Krang Metal Fury. Was it Metal Fury? Something like Metal that. Fury. Yeah, yeah. There's, there's a couple. There's a couple. I used to pick. I used to I used to look at them. I would never buy them. I don't want to be the guy that bought those magazines, but I would check them out. At the at the quick shop while I was like looking at getting fireworks and stuff. But yeah, but pre-internet, man, I'm surprised any information was was you know anybody knew anything back then. All you had was, uh, you had was when the it came ins- to music or stuff like anime or or things like that. Mm-hmm. It was it was all word of mouth, right? Word of mouth, or you had to go you had to know the guy at the comic shop. Or you had to go to the record store, which was also word of mouth. Just you're yeah. going to uh, you're going to what you consider a more 
uh, knowledgeable localized uh, source. Yeah. Yeah. Centralized location of, of information. The guy, at, the guy at strawberry music obviously knew everything about everybody there, you know, all the bands. Right. Right. <laughs> Except no. no. Would you say that was until the Napster era kicked off or um, change that? That's yeah. That's actually a good point. Maybe. And file sharing started. Yeah, I don't know if internet blogs about music ever really caught on until Napster. Um, there, like, hmm. like bands had their own um, message boards, and some record labels had their own message boards. But it was Napster and Kazaa and Audio Galaxy where people could share music across country, across countries, and across the country to each other. Right, or, or what was hey. labeled music and was actually really grainy porn. Right, but then, but then you didn't have to spend, you didn't have to spend your actual money on something that may end up sucking. Like, like you could go to the re- you could go to the music store and you'd see the CD and the the rec- the album cover would be really kick ass, and then you get home and it sucks balls. Yeah, it's ten tracks of garbage and the one the one track you saw on Headbangers Ball, you're like that was and, cool. Yeah. And one out of five of those, like if you played it enough, sometimes it would grow on you. But uh, <laughs> I'm trying to think of a band that was like that back then, though. I either liked them or didn't. No, there's a lot of there's a lot of bands actually that were like after seeing them on again, like on Headbangers Ball every week and listening to them, just trying to get into them. I think that's how I think that's how Fear Factor, Fear Factory, excuse me. Yeah, yeah, they grew on me because I was just kind of like me. A uh, soul of a new machine grew on me but i didn't i didn't like i i didn't like the guy's vocals at first like i, I wanted to really like the music but i didn't like the guy's vocals yeah well that's it actually it's kind of the same thing for fear factory that guy's i can't remember his name off the top of my head but his vocals are very overprocessed. like is it burton seabell is that his name yeah yeah okay but you know they write their music on a, on a drum machine and then he has to learn how to play it like on the real life on the real drums. I thought that was kind of cool. I'm sure actually that's a couple of people have to do that. That sounds, that sounds like, well, if, if somebody who's like a guitar player writes music and writes all the stuff and uses like, um, drum patches and whatever, like IRs and does the drums that way, then it has to real, a real drummer has to learn the song. Oh yeah. Yeah. But I mean, he would, they would just like, you know, fancifully write whatever they would want for drums without regard to if they could play it. Oh, and then okay. he'd have to figure out if he was capable and, and make himself capable. <laughs> well, yeah, I do. I mean, like, like if you listen to some of Volger's stuff, like there's some, some really fast, I don't think anybody, there's maybe like three or four drummers in the world that can play that fast. But, uh, yeah, I get what you're saying though. <laughs> would, well, there are a lot of bands in that era that were writing music with a drum machine and, the thing was, like live, they would show up with no drummer, and people were not into it at all. So they just found one of their friends that had a drum kit and was like, "You need to, you need to figure this out." <laughs> yeah, you have to learn our two albums. Yeah, yeah. Anyway, like, and they would even they would even have the drum machine live, uh, backing up the drummer, and the the drummer's just playing on top of the drum machine. Ah, you know? right. Speaking of speaking of music. Uh, this isn't drummers, but uh, tools, 
Maynard James Keenan. You guys know you guys know him. He's the, the biggest asshole outside of Dave Mustaine and like normie music, normie metal. But uh, he does Brazilian jiu-jitsu, right? He's like a, a brown belt and he owns a dojo in Arizona. Um, All that money and he's only a brown belt? He's old. he had his hip replaced because of jujitsu. So, I oh yeah, he's old. Have you ever? He's like have you ever seen that jujitsu meme? It's like a guy on the mat and he's like he's like he's like grabbing at the air and he's like, "Come down here and say that to my face." <laughs> <laughs> I mean, jujitsu is not exactly like the kind of stuff you can use in like a, like a bar fight, but I mean, it is, but it isn't, you know. I don't know. Every time I think of that meme, it cracks me up. <laughs> that is funny though. He's like get down in. The, he's like down get in down the. Here he's down in the face. open guard. He's like in the open guard position. Like get down here and say it to my yeah. face. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> anyway, um, so Maynard had this to say because we talked a lot about we talked a lot about the the slap. That's one of the things the slap heard around the world. It got people distracted from the fake and gay wagging of the dog over there in Ukraine, or actually just not really in Ukraine, just in, in any. Any um, television studio where they're really making up all this fake news. But Maynard had... I thought, I thought you were going to say we talk a lot about your obsession with Tool. I'm not obsessed. Everybody knows I like Tool. Okay. Uh, obsessed may be the wrong word. It really is. I mean, I did... I, I did. High-level appreciator of... I am. I'm a high-level appreciator of their music from the late 90s. And then after... Like, yeah, it was like 10,000 Days Sucked, kind of. And anything afterwards is just like, what the fuck? Anyway. What was the last one called? Uh, Fear Inoculum, which is an interesting... Fear. Because Fear it came out right... Yeah, Fear Inoculum, like inoculated, like vaccine. COVID, right? Mm-hmm. COVID, yeah. There's, some COVID. There's like COVID stuff in there, and it came out before COVID even happened, which is, you know... That's, that's uh, so weird that they would have any prior knowledge of any of that. Yeah, isn't it weird how these people who are, you know, do things with... Masonic numbers and Gematria and actually play their instruments and sacred geometry, sacred so, geometric patterns. What's the name of Maynard's side project? Didn't they do a music video about coronavirus right when it started? Oh, Pusifer? 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 Yeah, yeah. Yeah. That was kind of interesting. Yeah. there. That's an interesting side project that he does. It's uh, That was the one with the guy skateboarding in the empty streets, right? Mm-hmm. Yeah, they're walking through the empty streets, and there's these like G-man-looking types. Yeah, it's it's very uh, predictive programming, you know. Like, I like I like that one Pusifer song, "Mama Said." That's a good song. They have some. They have some pretty good stuff. They're pretty good live. I saw them live. Like Tool played the night before, and then Pusifer played the day after, and um, mm. yeah, that was a cool show. How many people are outside of Maynard are are in Pucifer? Is it like a rotating six? Uh, six? There's a lot of people in the band. Yeah, there's like two keyboard players, a drummer, a guitar player, a bass player, a female singer. Because it sounds like on the records, it sounds like two two dudes could make all of it. Yeah, I mean, some of the songs definitely definitely do sound like that. Like especially Mama said. Yeah, yeah. It's very Speaking simplistic. of Maynard, uh, you guys heard of the side project Tapeworm, right? From the 90s? Oh, yeah. It never happened. Right. It never. Okay, it never happened. It was like vaporware. Well, I just want to ask, how's the uh, worm pill diet going? You guys are all doing that, right? Did. Did. Oh, it's it's over? Okay. I, I, don't, I don't remember hearing uh, like a status update. Did you guys notice a difference? Um, I mean, I definitely got the clarity of thought, for, but I think I'm back to being my normal stupid self. 
Uh, I, I'm kidding. I, f- I felt great for uh, about three or four weeks afterwards, and now I'm back at baseline. So I think I might do it again next month and see what happens. Do I you guys get- like bread and stuff? Do I eat bread and stuff? No, do you still- eat like, a lot of carbs? Yeah, no, I try to keep my carb level pretty low. I suck at it. I suck really <laughs> yeah. hard at it. Like, I made a hamburger tonight, and I, I used two pieces of whole grain bread. Oh, that's fine. I just meant, like, uh, I was just curious. Uh, okay, let's get back to the Maynard thing. We totally were off topic. We're talking about bread now. Um, Maynard had a message for Chris Rock. Um, because, you know... The Will Smith, Chris Rock altercation at the at the uh, the Grammy, the Oscars, whatever it was, the Oscars. Um, well, here you go. Let's just listen to what Maynard has to say. Good. Oh, no, 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 no. You're in. Oh, no, 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 You're in. 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 Uh, some of the techniques that could have saved uh, uh, Chris Rock's life the other night. So here's what happened. He did the thing. Boom. First of all, he had his hands behind his back. Not smart when somebody's rolling up on you like that. But here's here's the solution. Right? What do we call that? A cut block. I'll see myself out. He called it a cuck block. A and cuck he, block. Yeah, he put his hand on his he put his hand on his ear and like used his elbow to deflect the slap. You know, nice. Like, like but if he called it a cuck block because of Will Smith's uh, infamous yes. cuckoldery. Yes, right? cuckoldery. Yes. So yeah, and then he moonwalked off the mat. You guys, didn't he moonwalked. He moonwalks off the mat. He's like, I'll see myself out as he moonwalks off the mat. Wow. Uh, yep. Is Will Smith still a Scientologist? Do any of you guys know? Oh man, I don't know. I forgot. I didn't actually yep. didn't even know that he was. he was. Was he? He was until the 2000s, at least. Is he like the only uh, black Scientologist or something? Perhaps. But he is also a well-known Freemason. I think he is in the same lodge as Shaquille O'Neal. Oh. That wouldn't surprise me at all. Yeah, well, Shaq uh, is obviously amazing. I mean, he talks about it. He talked about it on some sports show. He showed yeah. his ring. And yeah, he shows his ring. His freaking huge-ass <laughs> ring. His entire movie, Gemini Man, is a dedication to the god Janus. Ah, makes sense. Yeah. There you go. Uh, is, that we should, is that one we should look at when we do our Janus stuff? Oh, totally. Okay, cool. Gemini Man? Yeah. Yeah. All right. I have not seen it, so gives me something. Well, uh, to look forward I to. I'll have to find the video. There's a video that breaks down some of the scenes in it, so you don't have to uh, you don't have to watch the whole movie. You don't have to watch an entire Will Smith movie if you don't want to, Johnny. Okay, well, that uh, would actually be probably way more convenient. Thank you. You're welcome. I, I if I can keep anybody from having to sit through a Will Smith movie, especially one of my close and dear friends, right. I'm going to do it. it. Well, I mean, would you consider, I mean, would you sit through Independence Day? Again? Yeah. I doubt it. Yeah? I, I, oh, no. I, I don't know. Like, maybe, <laughs> okay, if I'm in a group of, like, three or four friends and we're 
cracking jokes like Mystery Science Theater or something the entire time? Maybe. Okay. But sitting in the privacy of my chupacabra kennel with my chupacabras putting on Independence Day, not likely. All right. Just asking. All right. Maybe Mars Attacks. Watch that again. Mars Attacks is not I, a Will Smith I don't even know if though. I could. I don't know. I, I don't even know if I could sit through that one again. Like, there's some just it's heavily awful. There's some heavily JS shit going on in there that I can re- recall off the top of my head, and I, oh, I don't what, know if I could sit through it. What movie is there not though? Uh, the Lord of the Rings trilogy. All right. Tim Burton's actually been accused of being anti-Semitic, even though he himself is Jewish. Really? He, uh, yeah, he white. They say he whitewashes his movie. This is like from Tablet Magazine or something oh. like that. Oh, oh, he great, great source. His movies. He like removes any Judy, uh, Judaist, Judaistic aspect or whatever, like uh, Sleepy Hollow and all that kind of stuff. You know, there's, uh, like- there's heavy amounts of witchcraft and Freemasonry in just about all of his. Uh, all well, of his popular motion pictures, especially his air quote remake movies like Alice in Wonderland mm-hmm. and uh, the Chocolate Factory. Oh one. man, that the yeah, Alice in Wonderland true. movie is filled to the top with occult symbolism and all kinds of esoteric stuff, witchcraft. Yeah. Oh yeah, he uh, did Beetlejuice, right? Which has like some Saturn time. Yes, he did Beetlejuice. Absolutely. Yeah, and portals. Yeah. And yep, so and it's portals. All, that's all crypto it's and all really kinds of. Really- all kinds of, yeah, all kinds of like uh, occultic stuff. You have all kinds of checkerboard uh, backdrops. There's Nephilim, like there's the clown Nephilim, Beetlejuice himself. You could blame Winona Ryder's character and Beetlejuice for every early 90s goth chick. Yeah. One, she's Definitely that movie. Some and, going on wasn't there. Was Heather's? Was she goth and Heather's too? I think that was like. Basically. Yeah, it was the same thing. Yeah. Yeah, there are a lot of there are a lot of like edgy online girls who use images from Heather's as their abbeys. Right. Yeah. It's it's like a it's like a personality for them. Mm-hmm. Like guys guys that use like Ryan Gosling from Blade Runner twenty forty nine. It's 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 along the same level of edge and cope. Yeah, it's it's the same thing. They're incels and femicides. Kind of reminds me. How uh, computers and routers and stuff have firmware, you know, like you just kind of Im- uh, clone the image, mm-hmm. like flash a ROM, a phone or something. It's these like prefab kind of MK Ultra pop culture identities. Yeah, and that's the whole, you know, oh my god, she's me, or oh my god, he's me. Memes come from because I identify with this uh, Jewish character in this Jewish movie. I saw a gateway computer. Been- I saw a gateway computer from two thousand one being used. Uh, for somebody's stuff the other day and I, I couldn't believe it really yeah. well, i had a gateway in 2000 i want to say six i had a gateway tower it was like the last gateway computer i had i was just wondering how that glued that that how all the glued stuff on the motherboard hadn't fried out yet on their <laughs> gateway but like it's still it was still working wow do you guys think gateway was Mossad or cia i mean that's oh I mean that. Just kind of repeat yourself. Yes, they're pretty cheap, so maybe Mossad. I mean, sure. Yeah, I mean the answer is yes, no matter what. Uh, probably Mossad because the cattle imagery reeks of computers for Goyim. And wasn't it a <laughs> cube, a, like a cubic? 
cow? Uh, Spotted symbol. There, yeah, their symbol was a cow. It was a it was a cube that was a cow. Like, yeah, it was cow colored. Yeah. yeah, with the black and white spots. I just know that uh, I was reading a documentary about how in the '90s Mossad kind of cornered the ecstasy trade in Europe and America. I don't know why. Uh, so it kind of made me think of all the other '90s industries that might have been uh, Mossad or CIA back. Like, I don't know. You gotta time stop. Share. You just keep repeating yourself, it, dude. Gateway computer, you know, all these kinds of things. AOL, maybe. Oh, yeah. All of, dude, all of those. AOL, Yahoo, any of those things, all those startups, none of that stuff was a gift from, you know, the Pentagon or these companies that were, uh, come to find out, they were founded by Israeli Jews or Russian Jews or Polish Jews or American Jews. Which always goes back to, like, the Mossad and the CIA. Yeah, or the occasional Catholic crypto Jew like Bill Gates. <laughs> right, right. Yeah, the, I, I still have a hard time. People can't look at him and be like, yeah, he's Jewish. Like, just look at how he's aging. He's turning more and more into Larry King every day. David Lee Roth? Mm, he doesn't have the mouth thing like David Lee Roth does. Like David Lee Roth has that, that uh, Steven Tyler mouth. Which Jewish lead singer looks more Jewish as he gets older, Perry <laughs> Farrell or David Lee Roth? Ooh, that's a tough one. Um, Perry Farrell looks more and more like Sasha Baron Cohen, right? No, no, no. That, Am I? No, he, he, that nose has turned into like crone level nose. I gotta look him up now. I gotta look him up. I don't remember what he looks like now. If, if if Perry Farrell was turning more into Sasha Baron Cohen, believe it or not, he would actually be looking less Jewish than he does. Oh, okay. All right. No, you're right. Wow. Yeah, he's. I mean, he's had a lot of work done to his face, though. All the work around his eyes and his that, forehead. I know that when uh, people use growth hormone, or if they have a growth hormone uh, tumor, like they look like Tony Robbins. Not sure about Perry Farrell, but basically your nose keeps growing, your hands keep growing, like that kind of thing. I mean, they so, do anyway, but like not to the extent like Tony Robbins has. I, yeah, I don't know what his deal is. Perry but Farrell I've looks like a vampire for a while. If uh, you know Adrenochrome, which was a term I guess seeded by Hunter S. Thompson, who had a lot of weird connections, he might have directed stuff, films and stuff, really, really dark stuff. But yeah. um, you know, it's possible. I thought the other day, you know, maybe. It could be the pineal gland uh, for the DMT ayahuasca thing that explains the time dilation, or it could be pituitary glands, which is, I believe, uh, corresponds to the crown chakra in terms of anatomy, and it's kind of like the master regulator of uh, growth and homeostasis of the body. So, like, I don't know, maybe they eat pituitary glands or something, and pineal glands. Like, I mean, if there's it's like it's, a cannibal secret society going on. I mean, on. it's possible. You know, I mean, if they're, if they're doing the adrenochrome harvesting, they got to do something with the rest of it. I've always kind of thought adrenochrome is like a red herring. Like it's a term that refers to oxidized adrenaline, which like the studies, see, I mean, people have done experiments with, with EpiPens that were exposed to oxygen and it didn't seem to do anything other than cause a headache. But uh, I, I haven't verified that, so I don't know. But um, it's possible it's like a red herring and the reality is it's just drinking of blood or eating organs. So adrenochrome usage, from what we understand it, 
is definitely a form of cannibalism, right? Because it comes from another human being. Yes, definitely. Okay. And it's in the blood, right? It's well, it's it's no, it's it's in the uh, um, it's in the adrenaline glands. So it's adrenaline. It's not blood. But it's human adrenaline, so mm -hmm. it's But they, they extract it from the blood of a, a scared child, or they tap into the adrenaline gland, which is on the top of the kidney. Is it hmm. on the top of the kidney? I thought it was in your... Adrenal glands are on top of the kidneys. You have two of them. Okay. Uh, pituitary, pineal, thymus, all that. Uh, right. Thyroid, all that stuff is in the neck and, and uh, brainstem. Hmm. So in the in the hit movie with Dolph Lundgren, I come in peace. The space alien drug dealer would come, would come down to earth and he would shoot. He would shoot you up with something to spike your serotonin levels. And then he would suck that stuff out. And that stuff was a drug for the alien species that he was part of. Was that, that's pretty was interesting. That, was that predictive programming? Sounds a lot like it. Yeah. I remember that now. Holy cow. He had a. Uh, he also had CDs that he would shoot out of his arm that would fly around and cut everybody's heads yes. off. Yes, it was like a like a weird B movie uh, special effect. And imagine if you interpret that plot in like an extra dimensional sense, not extraterrestrial. Uh, it kind of ties into that whole concept of like Loosh, right? Like entities. Uh, I know the name Loosh is ridiculous, but. The idea of like entities from another dimension harvesting human emotion or fear, mm -hmm. or dread. Right. That's well. That's like the whole the, like the point of the archons, right? Is that they 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 actually eat emotions, and that's Something why like that. the whole world's kept in fear and ne hunger, negative emotions. Negative, negative. Yeah, they feed on negative emotions, so that's why you know negative emotions are are what are promoted, and it's like you know, blow the wisps again. Yeah, and Willow the Wisps. We're gonna have to. Yeah, we did. We didn't really get. We didn't really get a full Louisiana episode. On I wonder if those are what Foo Fighters are also, because they're described the, exactly the same. The orbs, the glowing orbs. Right. That's an awfully left to turn tangent. Yeah. Sorry. <laughs> <laughs> um, I forgot what we were talking about. What were we talking about? Dolph Lundgren. Dolph Lundgren, yes. Dolph Lundgren movies. Wait a minute. Then we weren't. Uh, so the bad guy, like, before we get off the subject, if I come in peace, which is one of my favorite uh, B sci-fi movies, um, the bad guys are like a gang of yuppies, and they're like evil drug dealers and everything who shoot people with machine guns. Yeah, they're like uh, skinny guys in, like, weird, like, trench coats and stuff, right? No, they're, like, in suits, and they're all white. Like, yeah, they're, they're all white. white guys. I thought they were like dressed like, in like, like it's it's very early anti-white programming, and, and uh, much similarly to a couple other uh, of my favorite B sci-fi movies, Dolph Lundgren gets teamed up with a kike. Yeah. So so another one that I really like uh, with Rutger Hauer, Split Second, he gets teamed up with a kike. Oh, Screamers boy. with Peter Weller, another one of my favorite sci-fi horror movies he gets teamed up with a kite it's a very weird formula that i noticed <laughs> and they're always very hateable characters because they they always question and doubt you know everything that the main character is doing but is there to back them up 
sort of. Hmm. I have to go back and look at that. I don't, I don't recall. I don't actually don't think I've seen either of those other two movies. I don't remember. Split what second. Dr. Hauer. I might have had uh, the desert war, the Russian, it was like the, the Bush people and stuff. Remember that one? Hmm. Was that a Jewish guy they paired him up with in that one too? I have no. I it was like his Rambo movie. Yeah, I think so. Yeah, it's like a little red, scrubby what is it, red scorpion. Red scorpion, yeah. Yes. Yeah. Hmm. I don't remember the other guy, but I do remember. It's that a movie. way to get the producer's uh, nephew, nephew into yep. a movie. <laughs> 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 yep. <laughs> I'm not kidding. I'm not kidding because, and I think in all three cases that I just brought up, I've never seen any of those guys in anything ever again. Yeah, yeah. probably Vanity Project and or Money Laundering. Right. There's like again somebody's nephew. You know, that's how Adam Sandler got a job, and he just kind of stuck. Yeah, that guy's made. At least a dozen movies produced right. and directed, or something. Oh, no, not directed. Several. Finance. Adam Sandler yeah. was in one of my favorite all-time movies, Shakes the Clown. He was before he was famous. Never heard of that movie. I've heard of it. Have never seen it. I think you've mentioned it a couple times. Yeah, it's a must-see. All right, all right. I'll have to check that out too. All right. The clowns so drive around. The, cli- the clowns drive around drunk, and uh, when they see mimes, they beat them up like they're homosexuals. <laughs> like, all right, that this sounds like a, a movie right. I could get into. All right, so moving on from man music and oh no, we have one more entertainment thing, I guess. So um, speaking of Jews, but uh, Goldman Sachs CEO David Solomon, guess what he's doing. Wait, who, who? Which one is he? Da- David Solomon. I don't know. He's oh. the the bald CEO of Goldman Sachs. He moonlights. Oh, okay. As a Wasn't DJ. Was that the name of the uh, World Trade Center, like Solomon Brothers or something? It was, was the Solomon Brothers Tower building. Seven? Yeah. Tower Seven was the Solomon the, Brothers building. Yeah. So. Tower Seven. Tower mm-hmm. Seven. Wow. Mm-hmm. So I'm assuming, yeah, he's probably that same Solomon family, but. Dogbot, I figured you you might know this, but he's a DJ in his spare time. Everybody is a fucking DJ now. It's, yeah. It's, however, he's playing a set at Lollapalooza. I mean, not everybody who wants to be a DJ gets to be gets to play his set. He DJs under the moniker Desol. He was listed under his full name on the festival's lineup. He's, uh, yeah, July 28th to 31st in Chicago's Grant Park. He's DJing. You can go Is see. Desol, de-sol like desolinization. <laughs> yeah. But, uh, I think Israeli, Israel is really into that. I mean, dude, they're Israel and they're into all kinds of raves. They do all that kind of crap. Stumbled into it as a hobby and now I just do it for fun, he says. Did you know. ever hear about the plan to replace? or compete with the Suez Canal that I guess Israel wanted to build a competitor canal and they were going to use tactical nukes to like make a trench. I have not. Yeah, I heard the Sinai. I don't remember the name of the project, but I do remember hearing about it. 
Um, it's kind of like the 50s uh, space exploration, you know, whatever you want to think of that, projects where they said, like, using little nukes to power uh, propulsion. Mm-hmm. Uh, reminds me of that. Hmm. Really radical thinking, you know, those Israelis. Right. Oh, yeah, definitely. Yeah, all the time. But, uh, yeah, oh, wow, Jane's Addiction is a special guest at Lollapalooza this year. And David Solomon, you know, there you go. Two big-name Jews, Perry Farrell and David Solomon. <laughs> I I so cannot believe that Lollapalooza is still a thing. It is now because it is, oh, I mean, it was always commercial, and we just didn't know it back then. We thought it was the alternative music. Remember, the, it was like alternative music. Alternative to what? Like the mainstream butt rock and like Leonard Skinner, man, right? I guess when I think about the lineups for the first two Lollapaloozas, you know, I liked about half the bands, right? And they weren't sure. considered popular bands, but they did at the very least have a music video on like 120 minutes or something, right? Yeah, so yeah, they weren't completely out of the mainstream. No, but they were about to be the mainstream like very, very shortly. I could get their tape at Sound Warehouse. Perry Farrell I don't started, know what that uh, means, but okay. What about Perry Farrell? Get their tape at Camelot Music. Yeah, well, Camelot Music was, you know, everywhere. So it was, it'd be like saying you got out of strawberries. Or... I could get their tape at Tower Records. Tower Records was everywhere, too. Tower right, Records yeah. is like, Tower Records is the chain little record shop. Right? Right. But that literally has everything. It's, it's fake. It was never, I don't think Tower Records was ever like a niche boutique Type thing. I think it was always a big chain fake thing. You can't take away my good memory of seeing the Jesus and Mary chain at three o'clock in the afternoon at 105 degree heat in Texas when I was 15. At, at the Tower Records? No, at Lollapalooza. Oh, oh no, dude. I went to see Lollapalooza. Uh, let me see. I saw the one. It was Alice in Chains headlined. It was uh, Tool. Their first tour, uh, Front 242, Dinosaur Jr., um, Fishbone played. Uh, Ministry wow. during the day made no sense. Yeah, I, I went to that one, That's too. That's like one of those one. bands that has to have darkness, uh, the cover of Darkness in order to play. Mm-hmm. It's like Ghost out in the sunlight. I'm like, that doesn't make any sense. The day after, yeah. the day after Halloween, which is another thing, the day after Halloween, Ghost played. I figured they'd have them open, open. Instead, it was just Coheed and uh, Primus and Tool. Is that All Hallows Eve, the day after Halloween? Is it? Okay, well, maybe that's why. I don't know. I think so. I think November 1st, All Hallows Eve, but maybe I'm getting it mixed up. Well, according to the ministry, every day is Halloween, so when would that be? Right. Yeah. Al maybe Jordanson. All Hallows Eve before. Astro sent me a terrible song. He sent me a oh, new no. Primus song that was absolutely horrible. Oh, no. I think it was called Conspiratard. What oh, was it called? Something like that. Conspiranoia. Conspiranoia, I believe it's called. Yeah. Like that. Did you send it to me? Too? I couldn't even get through it. It was just kind of like, kind of nauseous looking at that guy's nose. Yeah, it's pretty terrible. Uh, his videos have gotten progressively worse. Conspiranoia. That's unfortunate. So, yeah. Well, I mean, I like Les Claypool, but like, it's like he's got to top himself at all times. I heard an album of theirs from 2013 or something, and it wasn't bad. I just, it wasn't memorable. It's been a long time since 2013, dog. But I know, doesn't feel like it, but it is. 
<laughs> I know, Definitely. dude. I was making a joke. Uh, I think like the CIA should have paid Weird Al to like do something catchy and because I don't know, I don't know much about Primus, but uh, I just felt like kind of like they were maybe paid to do the video or to instruct. It definitely seemed political. Yeah, I'm sure they were pushed in a direction. You know, maybe kind of like uh, three or four years ago, Bad Religion did that song. Uh, the kids are alt right. Yes, like the, really the kids are all right. Yeah, that's terrible. That was absolutely terrible. There was a couple of really bad ones that came out during the alt right thing in 2016 ish. It was like a full assault on Trumpism. Mm-hmm. 2017, 2018. Yeah, and Russia. Anyway, so is that enough of that? We're done with music. Now? Oh man, that's that's enough of that. All right, so David Solomon. Not only DJ. I will is, never is, hear yeah. that guy DJ. No, I mean, not only does Anyone? he DJ, but during the day, he controls like, you know, $53 billion dollars worth of banking. Yeah, I think Goldman they own Sachs. a big chunk of Burger King. Did you see the oh. list of words that you cannot say if you work for Amazon? Yeah. No. Did you see that list? Yes. Yes. These are interesting. But I mean, just some of the words. So I hate. Is is a is a phrase they're not allowed to use. Union, fire, terminated. I'm surprised union's not the first one. Mm. <laughs> Pay raise, bullying, harassment. I don't care. Rude. This is concerning. Stupid. This is dumb. Prison. Threat. Petition. Grievance. Injustice. Diversity. Ethics. Fairness. Holy shit accessibility mm-hmm. vaccine senior ops what <laughs> living wage representation unfair favoritism rate tot okay unite unity plantation whoa slave whoa. slave labor whoa master <laughs> uh, concern oh, <laughs> freedom restroom what robots trash committee coalition this sounds like a really crappy sixth graders spelling list. Rude. I mean, or or actually, this is you know what this is. I just realized this. This is this last this last thing right here. This is my um this this is my my phonics chain to get into my crypto wallet. Dude, how, how did you get a hold of this? How is there not how is there not front office on here? <laughs> oh yeah, human resources. Break room microwave. <laughs> oh no, you're totally allowed to talk about the break room microwave. Just don't say, don't say unite under a living wage or that the representation is unfair and the compensation is actually harassment. What do you, what do you call the big bot? What do you call the big bottle for the water dispenser? The water cooler. Water yeah, cooler. the what do you call the water cooler bottle? Is it just jug? It's a jug. Jug. Like yeah. A jug, yeah. Empty water cooler jug, as opposed to. Well, I mean, it, it, I mean, obviously, this is all complaining, right? Mm. Like that's something that's something you would complain about, right? Right. So I'm the one that always has to change the empty water cooler jug. This uh, this list of banned words makes McDonald's seem like McDonald Douglas, right? In terms of like work sa- uh, workplace satisfaction, it's pretty dystopian, even for Amazon, right? I mean, I was thinking. Are- I was thinking about this today. Like, 
what kind of a weakling of a human being has to go through the trouble of trying to put down one of those toilet seat liners? That's a that's an awfully hard skewed dog lot. We're talking about banned words at Amazon. Not sure I'm comfortable right. with going dog lot. Yeah. Okay. Some people take the time. Okay. Just grab a little bit of toilet paper and wipe oh. off the seat real quick and okay. get to work. You know, it's, like all right, all right, it's all called right. security theater. You know, so it makes right, some people feel yeah. better. Yeah. You know what's funny? You know what word is missing from this list? Hmm. I was looking at it. Is a particular N word? <laughs> well, no, it's not banned. Ne- never. <laughs> that word's not banned, Grognag. Because then, then Blake's couldn't say it. Nasty. Ban it. That's when the riots will start. Right. You can't ban it. That would Nevertheless, be, uh, that would be that would be white supremacy to ban it. What is TOT? Um, I was thinking TOS, terms of service, but TOT. I have no idea. I, I really don't know. I was thinking terms about of termination. Huh? Maybe, but I've never heard of is that. that. Is that a thrash band from California? I haven't heard of them. <laughs> Speaking of California, no it's becoming more like Mad Max out here. That's what I hear. It's uh, it's getting worse. What's what's gas like around where you're at? Uh, the gas isn't that big a deal. It's it, like peaked around six a gallon, I guess. Okay. Um, unless you're like in LA proper, I don't know about the Bay Area. Time off task. But there've been a bunch of oh, time off task. Thank you, Dogbot. Wow. Really. The fact that a restroom is in there seems like a human rights violation or something. ADA. The, the that doesn't seem yeah, that doesn't... so far as to track time off task, which the company abbreviates as TOT. If workers break from scanning packages for too long, the system automatically generates warnings and eventually the employees can be fired. Yeah, they they have monitors on them, so if they, they take too many little breaks throughout the day, they can get fired. It's ridiculous. I imagine that there's going to be at least one Amazon employee that gets flagged for time off task, and it turns out that because of them being flagged, they figure out they have a seizure disorder. How much you want to bet? Oh, I wouldn't doubt. Considering how many Amazon employees there are, I wouldn't. Like I someone's going to be working for Amazon, they're going to be like having an absent seizure and zone out or something. Hmm. They're going to be like, get back to work. Yeah, I have. Sorry, I medical. I don't, I don't want. I don't want to take that bet because it's it's pretty much a. It's 100% chance at this point. Amazon yeah. a- Amazon is changing how it measures a key productivity metric called time off task, which workers have blamed for a culture of relentless monitoring and punishing staff who fall behind. <laughs> yeah, that's been a thing. That's been a thing for a while. Um, you know, it's right up there. They have uh, what do they call them? Like the little booths where you can go sit and cry. <laughs> oh, well, I just heard about sensory overload bags or something like that. I was listening to the local radio and they're talking about different like things you can go do with the family. And I guess because there's so many kids with autism now, this isn't, this isn't funny, actually. It's kind of fucked up um, that, well, it's a good thing in a way. But basically, if you're at, you know, any kind of like the zoo or whatever, they have bags where they have uh, noise canceling headphones and Stuff basically to calm down someone with like sensory processing disorder. It was that's what it was called, like the sensory processing disorder bag or something. Hmm. 
kind of a good idea, but also kind of a sign of the times, you know? Yes. Also, yeah, they have their, all, their, um, their little emotional support pet with them. And yeah, I don't yeah. want to compare ourselves to like Russia, China, all that stuff, but like they probably deal with their autism rates a different way. Like if they even have them, I think they just put them all in the military and they're just like rabid, uh, you know, megalomaniacal military career. Type I hadn't people. thought about that, that actually. That, China that does makes that. sense. That, that would probably make sense. I wonder how many autistic Chinese there are. Oh, I, I think it, I don't know really. And how would you tell? How would you be able to but tell? I know that because the demographic situation over there, there, there's so many more millions of men than women because of the, uh, one child policy. Oh no, so I understand that. Like, but like, how, how would you be able to tell if an, if a Chinese person was autistic or not? There you go. Pretty much. Exactly. There's almost like an overlap in the phenotype. Right. Completely. I mean, they're already so pretty sociopathic. You say a hundred percent and you might be right. Did you guys know in response to the time off task changes, they also issued a wellness guide. Amazon did for their employees. Oh boy. Uh, what's, it includes topics such as it includes topics such as nutrition, hydration, sleep, footwear, ergonomics, and injury prevention. It suggests that you eat up to five to nine servings of veggies per day, monitor your urine color, and buy shoes at the end of the day for when their feet are swollen to allow plenty of room when they swell during work. Oh my god. Well, at least they're acknowledging the fact that you're gonna be standing on your feet for eighteen hours a day. Right. You know, it's not like they didn't tell you. They're like, look, buy buy a pair of Nikes that's a half a size big for after work. You know, if you're going to work at Amazon, they should at least invent some kind of like beanbag pod or something that the people can, workers can like sit on while they do all the crap. And it may not be physically possible, but at least like alleviate their swelling like legs. In 2020, uh, 5.9 out of every 100 Amazon employees were injured on the job compared to 2.5 at Walmart. That's interesting. And they keep uh, they keep shifting you around from doctor and doctor, even though you know what's wrong with you. Like if you've hurt your back, they'll just they keep moving you from doctor and doctor to get different diagnoses. And before you know it, like two months have gone by. Hmm. Oh, boy. But um, I heard in the news that Amazon lost some kind of big labor decision. Like Amazon. Yeah, they just. Someplace. I don't remember where there were um, Amazon's first union was formed. Well, they have the Amazon mindfulness kiosks as part of their safety program. Amazon. I get it. You're just going to read the whole article, aren't you? No, it's it's it's. Oh. It, I I was looking up what the the name of the those those uh, suicide booths that you guys were mentioning. <laughs> they need a cone of silence so that people can like scream to themselves. Well, that's what the yeah, that's what the the little booths are for. You go in there and they're like soundproof, so you can scream and cry and nobody can hear you. Hey guys, can you, can you yeah. get in one of their suicide booths, but you have to renew your subscription before you kill yourself? Hmm. <laughs> Yeah, could you guided imagine? guided meditations and positive affirmations? All right, so enough about Amazon. Uh, the nogany for uh, for Scotus has been confirmed. Justice oh, Ketanji Brown Jackson will be confirmed. 
Yeah, that was that was going to happen yes. anyway, right? Oh yeah. Like so, uh, everybody's everybody's favorite uh, safety from the Cardinals, there, uh, Marjorie Taylor Greene, um, tweeted that uh, Senators Murkowski, Collins, and Romney are pro pedophile. They just voted for hashtag KBJ. And, That's interesting. Yeah, because you know she was extremely lenient on a lot of uh, pedophile decisions that she made as a judge. Yeah, I mean that was going to happen. Oh no, it was going to happen. She was going to get confirmed. Uh, it's just interesting that they chose somebody who was so pro pedophile and also black because the blacks are the ones who are the most mad about her being pro pedophile. Really. She's replacing Ruth Bader Ginsburg, right? Yes. Well, there you go. They needed uh they needed someone that they could put in that had uh three names so they could do the initials. I mean, how do you one up Ruth Bader Ginsburg? KBJ. With a so, black the, with a black Shaniqua with a tranny kid and a white husband. Yeah. Who she probably pegs with her own penis. Right. Right. Bernie Sanders was in today. Very odd looking dude. He's yeah. got a very odd affect about him. I, I I looked at like three pictures of him and I'm like, there's no way. If I showed up, that was my doctor. I'm like, nope. I can't do it. Speaking of trans androgyne Hollywood stuff, uh, did anyone watch the Grammys and see any like were there any uh, performances that have all that Freemasonic symbolism? Did not actually. I don't think anybody oh, yeah. actually paid attention to the Grammys. Yes. Did we? It was in Vegas. I don't know if that this was the first year, but it seems to have moved from L.A. to Vegas, which is mm. interesting. That's a that's a big gnaw for me, dog. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I think it's becoming more black too. Even as it moves to Vegas, no. Vegas has become like incredibly black. No. Maybe. Sports franchises and the Raiders are there now. Yeah, the the (laughs) the the thugs' number one favorite team, the Raiders. Thanks to thanks to uh, niggas with attitude and the the um, the rap industry, gangster rap, right, made popularized the Raiders gear. Since I brought up Vegas, can I give a little status update on Ron Jeremy? Oh boy. Uh, he... I was wondering how you were going to shoehorn some Ron Jeremy. <laughs> well, into actually, I wanted to talk about so. the power plant near Area 51 owned by a guy named uh, Romanov, who is not related to the Romanov dynasty. He's um, He looks Jewish, and uh, he uh, inherited Dennis Hoff's state Senate seat because Dennis Hoff won the state Senate seat running as a Republican around Rachel, Nevada, which is where the UFO, like, hotel and stuff is kind of by area 51 it's where a lot of his brothels were and um yeah so the guy won after dying of a pot brownie on his birthday uh he died he of a pot brownie t- yeah oh. they said pot brownie it might have been a heart attack but basically he had the only thing in the system was a uh, cannabis from an edible and uh his girlfriend slash partner like basically married was heidi fleiss the famous hollywood madam like cia connected and he seemed CIA connected, perhaps. I mean, he had one of the first big reality TV shows around the world, uh, the Cat House show on HBO, and uh, which I never watched. But basically, he was like a pimp. Like uh, he did a he wrote a book called Art of the Pimp, modeled after Trump's Art of the Deal. 
And whenever a president would run for office, he was friends with Roger Stone and Tucker Carlson, all that. Grover Norquist, the uh, budget guy. Um, so he was definitely a political mover and shaker. And he was basically America's pimp trying to push for brothels and legalization, I guess, which I don't know how that would work. You know, he's accused of being like a monster, I'm sure. But Ron Jeremy also accused of being a monster. It was his best friend and found his body. Hmm. So after Dennis died, uh, Tucker was at his funeral, but didn't go to that birthday party where he died. And oh, his pi- and then, uh, Dennis's pilot blew up like a couple months after Dennis died. He like literally blew up in the air. And uh, that like happens right around, all the time. It was, on, it was on the Super Bowl. It was like on a. It was during the Super Bowl, and he crashed into a house and like happened to oh kill a family watching the Super Bowl. He, like so this plane blew up and he crashed and killed. Oh my god, dude! Basically, it's like the mafia and Mossad, and I think Ron Jeremy might somehow be tied up in it. <laughs> Which isn't too surprising, considering he was high school friends with George Tenet. His mom was in the OSS. His dad worked for the Pentagon. You know, he's, he's kind of a kind of connected. Yeah, was it the mob? I think that's kind of how Ron Jeremy got the gig, because obviously it wasn't based off his looks. Right. Goodness, is this is this a way of getting into? Oh, the break? update. The update. I think he's uh, going with the insanity defense because first he was claiming that his civil rights were being violated by having twenty one accusers and all those charges in one trial, spanning twenty five years, because he might have a different defense for different situations. Uh, so he said, "I want to split it up into like twenty one cases," which you think. He wouldn't want to do because it's going to cost him millions of dollars and you know a lot more right. time and yeah, stuff. take a lot of money to do that. But but in a way, the district attorney usually don't do these kind of weird prosecutions where they throw everything in one uh, trial. So he requested that about a month ago, and I don't know. And then they were going to uh, announce a decision, and he just refused to go get out of his cell. So he's basically getting a psyche eval, and his hair's all white, and he has like a Methuselah beard because he's anti-vax. Oh boy! So I, I thought you. Going. I thought you said he was claiming insanity because he had toxoplomosis from all that pussy. You know, I wouldn't be surprised if there was some biological component. He had a aortic dissection; his heart kind of burst like ten years ago. So, he actually, if you look at a lot of the interviews with him, he talks about thinking that he's in a coma, like that he never woke up from the medically induced coma, and like you see his like stepson in the video saying, "I'm not part of your coma dream." It's pretty funny. Yeah. <laughs> So he, he might have a case for like some kind of derealization type thing going well, on. Well, he's also Jewish and they're really good at deception and he could be Absolutely. Just acting the entire uh, Harvey thing. Harvey Weinstein did that thing with the walker. Oh yeah. Yeah, I was gonna yeah. I was gonna say, is 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 Ron Jeremy gonna show up in a walker? Because it worked for the other guy. Right. Well everybody it's like a, a scene straight out of Goodfellas, you know, where they where they, all the old mafia bosses show up to court and they're all, you know, on oxygen <laughs> and wheelchairs <laughs> and walkers. Do you remember do you remember the episode we did where there was the courtroom pastel drawings of, of Harvey Weinstein's naked body? Oh, gross. So gross. Yeah. Um, well, one last gross thing. Every court appearance photo I've seen of Ron, he's got like all these stains on his shirt. <laughs> and he's notorious for having gross bodily fluid stains on his shirt. So, oh, he's just, you he's know, just I'm not, a gross I'm not individual. saying he's not like a gross, decrepit, you know, uh, um, Relic, actually, you think about it. Hugh Hefner's dead. Larry Flint is dead. Dennis Hoff is dead. All these like kings of the uh, porn and human trafficking industry are dead. He was kind of at the center of it all. I'm sure he knows a lot of, uh, I don't want to say blackmail, but I'm pretty sure he knows a lot of stuff about, probably even back to like Jerry Brown and shit. Mm. What, 
guys, what would you rather have to touch if you had a gun to your head? One of Harvey Weinstein's skin tags or Ron Jeremy's back hair? Oh, come on. Uh, Probably the back hair, I guess. Yeah. Skin <laughs> tags oh. seem like... Skin tags are like... That's, those are disturbing. No, thank you. It could be communicable. <laughs> I mean, I know you guys are onto terrain theory, but you never know. Mm. It could be some sort of parasite. Gross. Right. It's really gross. All right. You, and on Grog that man? note... And on that note... No. Grognak, how much could I pay you to swallow one of Harvey Weinstein's skin tags? Stop. I was thinking about happier things. All right, well, we're gonna we're gonna go to break, guys. How about that? Let's go to break. We're gonna listen to uh, some ISIS. This is Swarm Rains. Down. That's down. Swarm, oh, down. Yeah. Well, down's in parentheses. Oh, Swarm Rains. Down. Yeah.
Still the Nationalist Inquirer. I'm still Johnny Monoxide with Dogbot, Astro, and Grognak. Um, we are running down the news and stuff. Uh, what do we got now? Let's see. What do we have? Uh, what do you want to start with? Talk about Lone Scum buying Twitter? Yeah, let's do Lone Scum. Yeah, that's... Okay. Lone Scum buys 9.8% of Twitter. That's a lot. Uh, it, it's it's a he has the largest share currently. Yes, he now has the controlling interest in the he, company. He paid three billion dollars for it. Yeah, that is a lot of money. Um, and just recently, he was talking about uh, how Twitter was taking away free speech. Do you think it's possible he could pull a Michael Milken? And just like li- or Gordon Gecko, and just liquidate the whole company. Like he he bought in as like a corporate raider, mm. and people think he's going to turn it around. But he somehow did some math, and he figured he could sell off some aspect of it and break even. That would be uh, that would be the movie version of this. So maybe a massive troll for sure. Yeah. Um. He. I can't believe they did that, but you know, right off the bat, everybody's uh, you know Twitter shares soar twenty five percent after Elon Musk takes nine percent stake. Uh, all of a sudden, everybody's into Twitter again. Yeah, three billion dollars he dropped. Nine point two percent of Twitter he owns. Maybe he did this because there's some kind of Bitcoin play. Like he's going to um, turn to some kind of Bitcoin uh, platform. Like it, for, uh, I don't know, not, not a marketplace. Possible. Uh, well, may, maybe a marketplace. Uh, they just shut down a lot of those dark uh, net markets for like uh, Silk Road type stuff online, right? right. Because I guess uh, a lot of the servers are in Russia, so that, you know, well, my favorite part of the crackdown in Russia, you can't buy uh, drugs online anymore hmm. from Russia. 
Well, you can't buy anything from Russia anymore. They've been sanctioned. I don't but, know. You're also India, China, you know. Right, right. Still doing trade with them. But today, my favorite story on the Elon Musk thing was uh, Chef Goyardi posted okay. this today. Uh, Elon Musk to reinstate Trump's Twitter account after Tesla founder becomes largest shareholder. And then under the byline, it says Republicans ask Elon Musk to reinstate Trump's Twitter account. And then actually in the article, it says uh, former Treasury official says Musk, quote, should demand the end of political censorship company wide and the possible reinstatement of President Trump. As you get, you know, the the the, the, the headline is, you know, and then as you actually get to the article, it's like, you know. It's not really what. Well, the click, I mean, that's the evolution of that's the evolution of all clickbait, right? Yeah. Oh yeah. You know, it gets you to click on the article, and then you uh, have to close like several ads if your mm-hmm. ad blocker is not working, and then you scroll down and get to the actual meat of the article. It never said anything remotely like what the clickbait. Right. What I find funny. Said. What I find funny about this is the headline has you know the really big, the really big um, statement. And then there's the thumbnail where it has like, you know, it shows like a sub headline. And then you, and then there's a couple of lines of the actual article all in this one thumbnail. So you get all of it all at once. <laughs> you get the big bombastic one. Then you get the little middle one. And then you get the actual story. And it's all right there. You don't even have to open up the article. But yeah, so Elon Musk is going to bring back. Uh, he's going to bring back free speech to Twitter. How about that? So I think um, if he crosses a line, there's at least three agencies that can go after him. The SEC for uh, financial fraud or whatever. The FTC for interstate commerce, mm. federal trade. Uh, and then uh, FCC for communications. I think Twitter might have some obligation to the FCC. I'm not sure, actually, because that's usually airwaves. None of that is going to happen. Uh, he he already, he already uh, reached out to the street shitter CEO of Twitter and said he looks forward to working with him. This also is the same street shitter CEO that says they're not going to be bound by the constraints of the first amendment and that they're going to focus on, um, equitable ways of communicating with one another, which which, means just shutting white people down. Right. Yes. So, you know, this is, this is all, this is all more theater. Um, I think, I think that new platform that Trump had started, he hasn't even posted on it once. Truth Media. No, he hasn't posted not one. Truth Social. He has not posted not one time. It's pretty hilarious. That is pretty ha- hilarious. And then there's also ones like Getter and, That's another and one. all this. Yeah. Getter was another stuff. fake fake and gay. Yeah. Mm. What happened to Rumble? Is that still around? Uh, maybe. I don't know. What the hell is Steve Bannon up to these days? Uh, apparently, he's on Telegram telling it like it is. Like, you know, he's going to release the documents. We see at least um, 10 spam bots a day. Yeah. As much as he's a walking meme, I did actually listen to a show the other day because I saw Robert Kennedy Jr. was on there. And I just kind of want to see what they were talking about. I think it was actually a rerun from around Christmas because they were wishing people Merry Christmas. Hmm. And Okay. By the way, Merry Christmas, everyone. Belated. About a se- oh, one on. season. It's like almost but, Easter, brother. Yeah, but he hasn't been, he hasn't been here <laughs> since, so, you know. I don't think I've been on since <laughs> before the solstice. <laughs> oh, oh, boy. Oh, good. Um, 
so I've, I've been seeing a lot of very strange stuff happening on Twitter the past couple of days, so it's not, it's not entirely surprising. And it has to do with Elon Musk, you know, Lone Scum purchasing, you know, these shares. There are a lot of people adding him, uh, saying to not just to reinstate, uh, you know, accounts that were banned, like they, you know, the, uh, the, the most current one that people are upset was banned is the Babylon Bee. Oh, whatever, that's right. right. Because they, they uh, said the thing about Richard Levine. Yeah. So, uh, what, one thing that I've been seeing from fake, you know, dudes like James Woods and and other air quotes big accounts is they're saying you should get rid of anonymity on Twitter. <laughs> you should get rid of anonymity on Twitter if you if you purchase Twitter, and that way it's like a it's considered a level playing field. That way it would it would stop the harassment and the abuse. Oh boy! Haven't they already done that to some extent? You have to verify a phone number. Well, it's 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 very strange posturing from people that have no consequences by being known for their opinions, right? Right. Nobody's gonna. Nobody's really gonna do anything to James Woods. Yeah. Yeah. Like like what? I mean, he might get canceled. They're gonna boycott Videodrome. They're they're gonna remove the four episodes of Family Guy he appears on from the the Criterion collection of Family Guy. Whoa! I mean, would you it's really a rather trust specific James reference? Woods if it was something life or death, would you really trust that guy? James Woods? No, no, hell no, no. I don't um, buy his story about nine eleven at all. I mean, he just seems like he's full of shit. What what do you mean his story about nine eleven? He claimed he saw a dry run. And he tried to report it. I mean, the story is totally plausible. I just don't trust him. Ah, forget his connections in Hollywood. But there's something really sketchy there. Well, I mean, he's able to be uh, big mouth conservative and still be semi famous ish. What is he like? B list? If that A minus. He was never A list. He was always like. At least Randy A-list. Quaid seems kind of humble and you know a bit of a wild card. But like, oh, he's just nuts. Yeah, is he still alive? Yeah, he's off into Canada, right? Okay. Yeah. So his theory doesn't apply to him, <laughs> like the idea that they kill off celebrities to make more money off of them, which could have happened to Prince and Michael Jackson for sure. Yeah, definitely. I think that happened. Kobe, maybe. Well, I'm not sure about Kobe, but uh, I'm sure a lot of Kobe jerseys were sold post, you know, helicopter crash. Yeah. Um, okay, so... And a lot of helicopters, too. What's that? A lot of helicopters, too. What about what about a lot of hel- helicopters? We're sold after the Kobe crash. Oh, I, I did not know people that. Who understand, people who understand risk and probability don't spend much time in helicopters. Right, because helicopters, Thanks. you know, quote, defy the laws of physics. It doesn't matter what I'm doing, but if there's a helicopter, I stop and watch it. Hmm. Interesting. Same with birds of prey. I just like. I see enough of them around here. Driving, I think that's okay. I can either confirm nor deny that. (laughs) All right. So, 
We have this other Elon Musk story. It's, uh, Elon Musk makes a big and spectacular promise. What is this? Um, oh, is it? Yeah, there's a first fatal accident involving autopilot Tesla's driver assistance program in 2016. It's not the first. That's well, that was the first. That was the first. That was a while ago. Yeah, it was this a while ago. The biggest party in the world. Right. What's that? Oh, that was an April Fool's joke, I thought. Is it? Because it came out on April Fool's. They said he got arrested in Germany for throwing a party with the largest sound system. I thought the April Fool's... They said it was from Mars. (laughs) No, so... Anyway, so this is... um, So he... He's talking about... um, He extended the closure of his Shanghai factory, the Austin-based group's largest production site, blah, blah, blah. Um... What is the problem? Oh, the oh, biggest party on earth. Shanghai? Yeah. Giant party bringing together some 15,000 people who have received an invitation. It's planned on the site. Dubbed Cyber Rodeo, this party, which is inspired by what Tesla has done in Berlin, Germany last year, is a marketing operation for Tesla, which does not spend a penny on advertising campaigns. Huh. Elon Musk worth at least a couple of tickets to a giga opening. Cybersecurity firm Praetorian Labs asked Musk on April 2nd, we're in Austin too, working to make the world safe and more secure. <laughs> uh, Musk, yeah, Musk is throwing a party. That's what this is so about. So it was an actual event with thousands of people in Berlin? He, th- last year, apparently there was. Um Yes. Well, so I saw is, the article. He's selling tickets or he's, he's get. I don't know. He's giving tickets away. The event Cyber on April Rodeo. 7th is being promoted as a one day event. According to. Hey, maybe, he, maybe he's uh, tipping us off to the cyber polygon. He's hosting a cyber rodeo in Europe. Right. When there's all these tensions going on. With hmm. uh, Russia and Ukraine and been the news a lot lately. How, you know, Ukraine is, uh, Perhaps you know smaller force than Russia. I guess I'm not really sure of the numbers, but there there's a lot of press lately about how anonymous and cyber partisans they're calling them have been hacking Belarus and Russia for the past month or so. Yeah, all those cyber hacks. Nuisance. Yeah, it's mostly nuisance type stuff. Like they made a like a, a server or uh, API where you can like text every phone number in Russia with spam. Oh a lot of this is nuisance stuff. It's, and it's actually not targeting the government there. But but some of it is. They, they shut down Belarus's rail system for a while. And, I mean, that, that that could actually harm people in terms of, like, causing food shortages and stuff. So uh, hmm. it might, you know, they say cyber's uh, the new domain uh, uh, for warfare. And uh, there's been a lot of, uh, you know, we haven't really seen much there yet. It's all been kind of like, under the radar, hush, hush. Hmm. Well, so loan scum, you know, he, he paid $3 billion, three point whatever billion dollars for 9.2% of Twitter. Uh, after that, you know how much he's worth? According to uh, Bloomberg billionaires. All the dollars. 273 100- billion. That's wow. a lot of dollars. That's a lot. I mean, that's like, you'd think that's like Rothschild money, right? So he could have bought more of Twitter, but he just right. decided to go with the 8 or 9%. Well, uh, there's a theory. Or 7%. We actually never narrowed down how many percents. 
9.2. It's yes. a lot of percents. Is that uh, uh, Astro and I were talking earlier that it could be Saudi secretly dumping their controlling interests and Elon Musk picking it up to be like, a, you know, to hold the bag. I could have sworn they owned something like 14%, and this was quite mm. a while ago. But they also owned a big chunk of Citigroup, and it, it was managed by that guy who manages all the money for the royal family. His name's Bin Talal, the guy who supposedly was rounded up because of the, the Vegas thing. Hmm. And you actually see him on Fox getting interviewed by Maria, whatever her name is. And uh, he's Art. blinking. He's blinking like 100 times a minute in the interview, and he's fidgeting. Guy is clearly this, has is he the really skinny, like pointy nose one with a weird mustache? Yeah. yeah, yeah, yeah. He looks like a he looks like a rat. And he, he looks like a John Waters like, character. Yeah, he's uh, tight with I think the Clinton faction. I know it sounds cheesy to say, but um, whatever faction Trump replaced with MBS, he was part of that. As well as Khashoggi, a lot of people don't realize that Khashoggi guy, whose uncle was the famous arms dealer was kind of like the historian for the Saudi royal family and was there for a lot of the bin Laden Afghanistan stuff. Hmm. He was almost like bin Laden's handler, one of the handlers maybe. Yeah, it's possible. Um, so Tesla, did you guys know that Tesla's worth $1.12 trillion? No, but I, have you seen their car that kind of looks like a VW bug? It looks hideous their cars are not attractive I have not but there like yeah there's no other there's no other car company on earth that comes even close to those kind of numbers 1.12 trillion dollars the company's valued at oh i thought you were going to say that we're as hideous and i was going to say uh kia the new key i, I don't want to sound bad. like unfortunately they look okay. i don't want to sound like i'm shilling against tesla but their build quality is utter crap like oh yeah they're, no they're they're, they're terribly built, but Again, that's that's lone scum promising high and delivering low. One of my yeah. favorite, I, I don't know if either of you guys saw the Sam Hyde and iDubs video. No. But Sam Hyde rents a slingshot to pretend it's his uh, to impress iDubs, but it's it's all it's all big con, right? But one What's of the funny, slingshot? what a slingshot's like a three wheeler. Yeah. Okay. Got it. Uh, but one of the funniest things about it was that his friend, uh, shoot, he was on World Peace. I forgot his name, but he's like, this fucking car is like somebody made it at Home Depot. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. And, like, it, it, and it confirmed all my suspicions that it was just like this rickety plastic piece of shit that boomers buy for vanity reasons. Like, there's no, there's no, like. There's no quality or performance involved. No, they're like they're like those three wheeled jet skis that you always see boomers riding around. You can't even lane split with them. Teslas are really interesting for the acceleration and uh, I guess the computerization. They're supposed to be superior in terms of security. Don't know if that's true at all. They also probably gather way more data than any other car, and all the car platforms now have computers and sensors and gather data but tesla just takes it to a whole other level oh yeah you can't even heard a theory that uh tesla somehow a front for el chapo and like the cartels and stuff so i had not heard that but that that's funny because they can run a logistics network with all those cars and ai and Mm -hmm. all the telemetry data well one of the things we brought up during the winter were the people who could not get into their 
Teslas because it was frozen outside. Right, the door handles was, wouldn't do the thing because they were too cold. Yeah. So that and there was no there is no uh there's no operating feature where they could on their phone press a button and have it open from the inside. So they were wow. just they were just stuck out of their cars. Yeah. Did they freeze? No, it was just the um the sensor that you touch it with your finger, you know, like the thumbprint. Yeah, it was frozen over. Yeah, it would be frozen over. It was just too cold to to sense your thumb, you know, whatever. Oh, God. yeah. So you were essentially locked out of your car no matter what. So basically, yeah, there's, no, there's that, no analog. There's no analog backup means to get into your right. There's car. no actual but, handle. Like there's no there's no like little hole that you could uh, put like a safety pin through to poke <laughs> to poke a button so, like your old see, CD-ROM. <laughs> do you know in the movies how like when they get to a door with a fingerprint scanner? Someone has like a, a thumb that's been ripped off or something. Right. And they like put it. So I, I believe some sensors, I don't know about Tesla, but definitely higher security sensors, they actually test to make sure the thumb is alive because not only could it be a body part, but actually you could just like 3D print a replica or like otherwise cast out of rubber or something. You'd have to cast it out of rubber because those sensors, you have to have pressure across a certain plane. Pressure and then, then like work. warmth mm-hmm. or like skin conductance, all mm-hmm. that stuff. Yeah. Mm-hmm. I hate those things. I've worked in a lot of buildings that use that technology. It sucks. Yeah, I always find that the physical security stuff interesting, like uh, uh, man traps. Like when you go to like a data center or something, mm-hmm. you get stuck in a little right. Cage. You're stuck in the little. Yeah, you have to. You can only get in from one side, and unless you have the special key. Which is actually a theme of like airlocks and biolabs. Have you guys been hearing anything about the? Ukrainian biolab. We've heard a lot about the Ukrainian biolabs, um, but from the uh, the United States government, it said uh, themselves. Hold on, where is it? I yeah, you mentioned it earlier. No, yeah. no offensive uh, research. Yes, no offensive uh, weapons. The Pen- a Pentagon official told Congress on Friday that there are no quote offensive biological weapons in any of the dozens of U.S. linked labs in Ukraine. I can say to you unequivocally, there are no offensive biologic weapons in the Ukraine laboratories in the United States has been involved with. Deborah Rosenbaum, the Assistant Secretary of Defense for Nuclear, Chemical, and Biological Defense Programs, told the House Armed Services Subcommittee. Thank you, That's Deborah Rosenbaum. Uh, I think this is to counteract what um, one of the undersecretaries of state said. Uh, I think it was Victoria Newland. Yes. Said in front of Congress that... Uh, you know, they're worried Russia is going to acquire samples or something from those labs and weaponize them, which I believe she might have misspoke uh, or was trying to cover the fact that they may already be virulent strains. Um, and, you know, sometimes those things are there for testing, like to actually compare it to something. But, I, you know, in a foreign country with diplomatic immunity and all the stuff they were doing, a little bit sketchy. Oh, a little bit sketchy. No, this is them having to... Well, I don't see. Here's the thing: is I don't see why they would have to cover their ass to just ignore it. Well, now there's the Hunter Biden tie-in, and mm. I'm not trying to hold out hope for the Republicans, but apparently there is some kind of movement investigation going well, on. Again, this is. I mean, sure, but I mean, is Probably that just any kind of the it, Republicans? Isn't know, that just Kabuki theater anyway? Really? Yeah, actually, I was going to send you a, a headline. It said something like. Secret Service is spending thirty thousand a month to rent a house in Malibu to protect uh, 
Hunter Biden. So he lives nearby. So it's actually worse than Trump. Like how you know the articles, uh, the media was throwing a fit because of how much Secret Service had to spend to guard Trump. Right. And, and Trump was actually like- making money. <laughs> Trump was actually charging the Secret Service to stay at his properties, which is that's a whole funny. other level. Of that's whole. Yeah, Ooh. that's that's have a whole we, other level of trolling. Have we segued into some uh, Trumpism stuff? Because well, I just think it's we have that we have that uh, Abramovich audio. Right, but just a second. Let's finish talking about the Pentagon investigated themselves and said, "Oh no, 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 guys! It's just de- defensive weapons, not, not not offensive weapons. We're making here." Yeah, and it probably has nothing what to is- do with missing trillions of dollars over right. the decades. Right, nine eleven, and also recent recently, I think right before COVID, there was I another. Love, audit I just I just love this stuff is never defined. You know, if mm-hmm. you're going, okay, so you have bioweapon. That's your noun, and you're going to go with the line that it's defensive. How does a defensive bioweapon work in the field? Like they, that stuff needs to be defined if you're going to go with that. Because there's no, uh, there's no way, but there's no way, but for a bioweapon to be defensive. Not, not really. No. Um, because by definition, a I mean a weapon is an offensive thing, right? I mean, all, w- weapons are used to do damage. Well, like the Iron Dome, for instance, it shoots missiles at rockets that are coming at you, but it's still missiles that blow things up. Yeah, I mean, I guess yeah, it's a, it's a defense system, I guess. Okay, but it's still it's an offensive defense system, right? Because it shoots things. Right, it blows things up. Right. Yeah. I think there's a famous quote from Edward Teller about that. Like, uh, first I made swords, and then they yelled at me for making swords. Then I made a shield. They yelled at me for making a shield. Not that he made anything, but you know, supposedly nukes, and then the Star Wars under Reagan. Mm-hmm. So yeah, there, there is a such thing as defensive weapons. But with bio, uh, the only thing I could think of are those theories, like the Omicron or. Uh, the L strain versus the S strain, like one could be used to like uh, offer some kind of protection. And then the other one would be used to like quickly evolve out and cause damage in like a limited area. Like let's say Wuhan or Russia or something, you know, um, if it was all real, I'm saying, of course, right. You know? If any of that stuff was real, I wonder what Which, they are uh, really doing there though. Did, what do you think that what, uh, are, so China, we have China's freaking out again. It's almost like we're back in, uh, October 2019, uh, Shanghai is completely locked down. They've called in the military. I don't know if it's all for show or, or what the hell they're doing. Oh, it's all, it's absolutely it's, all for show. It's just as fake as the last series of videos coming out of that country. They, they even had like a video of a little robot dog. No, people stop sending me this video saying, is that you dog bot? <laughs> no, um, well, that's, that's, it's, it's. It's it's a it's a little robot dog and it's yelling at everybody to tell people to stay indoors that the lockdown is in. Oh, but that one's effect. been debunked. There, dog bot, remember? Because the shadow wasn't right. Oh well, whatever. You no. know, like I, I don't I don't believe a single fucking thing that comes. No, out anything of China. that comes out of China is is fake and absolutely gay. We called it from the very beginning back in 2019 when the when the people were just falling down in the streets in China and people were actually rushing to help them. Yeah, and you know what? Um, yeah, that doesn't happen. I, I, I'm also I'm also gonna say I, I don't believe they're genociding Uyghurs either. 
I've seen plenty of wiggers every day, and it doesn't seem like their population is decreasing at all. I think wiggers and wiggers are two different things. Wait, is this a is this a regional? This is a uh, regional Chinese thing version that you're using. No, the they're diff- they're different people. I think are you, Uyghurs are Uyghurs. Y G H I R S or whatever. Yeah, I'm yeah, talking like about W I G G E R S. Right, that's not the same thing. What? Like that's right. That's yeah. Did you guys ever talk about that Sam Hyde Q parody video he did with uh, the cat boy, Nick Fuentes? Mm-mm. It was kind no. of fun. It was actually hilarious, but and it's still on YouTube. And it's, hmm. uh, it mentions Disney CEO Bob Iger being a Mossad agent. It really, it's, it's amazing he was able to put that much into one. It's like 10 minutes long, but it's worth watching at least once. Mm. Probably not more than that because it, it did have a bit of an MK Ultra vibe to it. Maybe. Some of his stuff is funny. Some of it, I'm just like... It's extremely hit or miss for me. Yeah. Same. Um. So, what else we got from Ukraine other than the fact that everything Zelensky does is a deep fake? Oh, dude. Some of that stuff is so weird looking. Okay, so uh, he spoke at the Grammys or the Oscars. I'm not sure which one. He gave, yeah, he gave a speech at one of the the um, award shows. I might think it might have been the Grammys. Okay, that one from the Grammys. I saw Which is maybe odd, 30 because seconds of it. He's he's the president of Ukraine. What is he doing giving it in the middle of a war? What is he doing, you know, talking to people at an award show? He is the cause du jour. So Sure. They have him on. Right? Yeah. I yeah, feel like but, he's a but anyway, bit- anyway, hey, with the video itself. Okay, like I, I, I talked I was talking about this with a friend. When there's a head of state and they're talking about something, right? They're they stand erect, uh maybe they use some hand sig- you know, some hand gestures, but uh they they have you know, they have like at least this sort of air of confidence about them, even if it's like Macron or or whatever. But when Zelensky is talking, he does the like he does this weird sort of like his shoulders never stay still and it, his head sort of bobs up and down when he talks. And it looks like uh, the cut scene from one of my son's first person perspective shooter games. Hmm. Like, it, like it, it, like it, the movements are, are too weird for it to be. And it's always in front of a green screen. I'm not even kidding. Every time I've seen that guy talk, uh, if he's standing up now, if he's sitting down, he's in a, he's behind a desk or whatever. Yeah. He's, there's and, the, the, yeah. the desk scenes where he's got like the flags behind him. Now this is, he's got like the purple and black. What looks like, I don't know, weird art behind him. It's definitely a green screen though. Um, and, well, I saw a little bit of TV show he did where he plays the prime minister. Yeah. That's President. he's a comedian who played, he played a exactly. character who was the prime minister. Yeah, was the prime minister of the country. And uh, what I noticed about it, at least in the show, is that he reminded me a lot of Mr. Bean. He kind of looks like a cross <laughs> between Atkinson. Mr. Bean and the dictator of Azerbaijan. 
he's like kind of like a halfway point, which makes well, sense. I guess like he's, Ukraine is kind of the halfway point between. Yeah, I guess I could see that. Daria and Western Europe. Sure. Sort of. And um, yeah, so he had, he had a lot of Mr. Bean kind of physical elements to him, which could be like fid- interpreted as being fidgety. And then um, really, you know, they get a better response if they cast someone more like uh, Max Headroom or something, you know, more energy, more uh, Chad, perhaps. Even like a hologram would have been better. <laughs> yeah, but that's the thing. I think. I mean, I think, it, I think it might as well be one. I, I'm sorry. Well, it that probably Grammy, is. DB, they're probably all it, it deep faked. Look like a real person. No, this looks deep faked. And again, here he is. He's doing the um, wearing the t-shirt, you know, to give the speech. He's the he's the cool president, right? He only wears the military t-shirts. Every, every energy, church, though. every yeah. every church I drive by has a "Pray for Ukraine" thing on their uh, LED, no, uh, wow. uh, or uh, their LED screen that flashes like service times and everything. Yeah, or or, uh, or a Bible verse, little marquees yeah. where you actually still put the letters up, which are are fewer and fewer. More of them are going with the LED screen. Yeah, actually, remember after the uh, Capitol. Uh, whatever riot insurrection there were all those billboards across the country for like this record uh historic manhunt or whatever oh yeah have- if you if you have I'm- information on anybody who was involved with with january 6th call this number yeah yeah. I, yeah I don't think i don't think they're pushing ukraine that hard but i wouldn't be surprised if they're doing something kind of similar where they they actually are running ads for ukraine i don't know who's paying for it well, th- I mean, this time last week, I saw something on the local news of the the Dallas mayor getting a free Ukraine flag. So they're they're pushing it, uh, they're pushing it on various levels that I, I and I would have even seen this if they didn't have it on local news while I was at the gym. So yeah. I just imagine that in the normie sphere of uh, television entertainment, that this is being pumped in all kinds of various ways. It is even today on the local news. They're talking about uh, Zelensky. Yeah, that's all anybody talks about now. So, the Will Smith the slap. slap, the Will Smith slap, was like a distraction from that. And now they're back to Russia, Russia, Ukraine, Ukraine, Russia, Ukraine. You know, it's, to me, the Will slips, uh, Will Smith slap's not even interesting because I don't really find Will Smith or Chris Rock to be interesting. But I no. do wonder what the hell happened to chris tucker because that guy you know he was on epstein's list he was like michael jackson's only black friend he probably disappeared he's somewhere Mm. maybe he's working for the chinese (laughs) one of the last things i saw him do before he fell out of favor as the uh loudmouth hollywood uh black guy black comic du jour Uh, one of the one of the last things I saw that he did before he fell out of favor was a music video with uh, Michael Jackson on Michael Jackson's final album. Yeah, he was he was actually legit Michael's uh, only black friend in Michael's adulthood. I'm pretty sure. Like, it sounds weird, but yeah, they were very close. And uh, I don't know what's up with the Epstein thing. But he was also close with uh, Jackie Chan, obviously. They didn't get along at first, but they became best friends because of the Rush Hour series. I don't know about any Fifth Element. I don't think he made any lasting friendships uh, from the Fifth Element. But he also was close friends with Charlie Sheen. They were in a movie together, I think. Hmm. Like Money Talks or something. So Yeah, yeah he he's, disappeared. He's been around. He was... 
he totally disappeared. Yeah, he was going to be, for a second, he was going to be like the next Eddie Murphy. Because there's always like one top black comic in Hollywood. Absolutely. There yeah. can only be one, yeah. You know, Richard Pryor and Eddie Murphy and Chris Rock and Chris Tucker for half a second. And Cat yeah. Williams Chris for Tucker half a second. Tucker actually was a decent actor, too. I think he was in Dead Presidents. He could play like the ghetto. Yeah. Ghetto pretty well. Mm-hmm. He played, I mean, you know, his he was entertaining. And the only reason the Friday movies, any of the Friday was any good. was Everybody remembers Chris Tucker's lines from Rush Hour. Mm-hmm. And yeah. from Friday. Yeah, so, like, yep. I, I mean, uh, never, never t- touch a black guy's radio. Mm-hmm. And do you understand the words that are coming out of my mouth? <laughs> you know? Like that, those like those two lines are going to live forever, right? But anyway, uh, he's, he's he was he's he dressed gone. in drag in uh, Fifth Element. Fifth so Element, he, yeah. He, he played a gay. He played the gay radio host guy in yeah. a dress. That wasn't as bad as the whole Tyler Perry ritual, though. You know, like it's not like he had to actually. Uh, you think Tyler? Perry, I mean, I think Tyler gender. Perry he was just it. basically a radio host that was dressed really weird in the future. He wore a dress and heels. Yeah, dude, he was basically in drag. Yeah, he, he wore a dress and heels and makeup. Yeah, he looked like a gay club kid, so. Yep. Yeah, but he wasn't wearing a wig, is what I'm saying. I'm, dude, I'm pretty sure that was a wig, dude. I mean, okay. does it really matter at that point if he's wearing a wig or not? I mean, he's like wearing a dress. Are you saying that Chris Tucker is not in the limelight, Astro, because he has alopecia? <laughs> no, no. I'm saying that it, it might not count as the humiliation ritual that all the blacks actors and comedians have to do when they wear a dress. To I'm me, sure. So I'm sure we could find count. another. I'm sure we could find another inference to where he's actually wearing. He might. Dress. He might have done a movie. Yeah, he might have a movie where he did, or maybe he never did, and that's why he got blackballed. And we never hear about him. No, he wouldn't have been as famous as long as he was with, unless he had. Yeah, you only get to be super famous black guy if you do the bit. That's a good yeah. point. Even Eddie Murphy probably did, right? Oh, yeah. He played all kinds of women. Put on the fucking dress. <laughs> yeah. Put on every the dress. Black, every black actor hears that at some point. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it was Dave, Dave if Chappelle. Want, if you don't uh, want to get Chappelle, put on the fucking dress. Right. Right. What? Yeah, what? how did Dave Chappelle end up getting, out, getting away from it? He got cloned. Or he, he bought into Oprah's school in South Africa, and it was kind of like a indulgence, like Catholic right. Church style. Oh no, he definitely is wearing a dress. That is a dress with the with the roses around his neck. That is a dress. Yeah, I thought it was. I, and then I the know. wigs. He had the blonde wig. It looks like he's got a dildo on his head. It's like a Teletubbies thing. Yeah, no, it's a weird outfit, but it, I'm just saying it's not really like the uh, Tyler Perry kind he's, of thing where they're all at the dinner table and he's like in an a grandma. An article is called "Emasculating the Black Male: Fifteen Actors Who Wore a Dress for Success," and he's like right on top. Okay, okay, it, fine. The, the journalist said it, it's true. Yeah, Wesley Snipes. I mean, he wore a dress. I mean, all these, all these black actors, they do that, yeah. They wear a dress. I have a funny story about Wesley Snipes. Uh, so he met Rupert Murdoch with Sean Connery, right when Rupert Murdoch bought 20th Century Fox, I think. Mm-hmm. 
And they did the movie Rising Sun because it was just like it was right. some movie related to um, related to uh, sorry, what's the guy's name again? Rupert Murdoch, thanks. So. And uh, which is kind of Rupert Murdoch is a lot like um, Maxwell. Um, he's almost like the second version of Maxwell. I don't know if he was tied to Mossad as much as uh, the neocons, but hmm. um, Rupert Murdoch's definitely a lot like Maxwell because he owned all these tabloids. He had a huge vault of blackmail. Apparently, he still does. That's kind of how Fox operates. He's got like a huge blackmail vault. But um, anyway, uh, Wesley Snipes was a total nigger. Like he actually embarrassed Sean Connery and made uh, Rupert Murdoch feel super uncomfortable because he was like, "Oh, you're the you're the rich man with money." Basically, he was acting like McGibbs or whatever, my dick, and uh, he's just really over the top, like. Uh, in terms of his blackness and his trying to make River Murdoch uncomfortable, it's some kind of ploy to get more money, I guess. And he was in a movie with Sean Connery. It's just kind of funny. So the fact that he got nailed for tax evasion, I mean, I would feel a little bit of sympathy for him because it's tax evasion or whatever, but he's an idiot. <laughs> yeah. Well, you know, you don't get away with that. Anyways, all right. So. Did not expect to talk about Wesley Snipes' tax problems. Oh, and he showed up in a dress the other day. You saw that? Did everyone see that? Oh, Wesley Snipes did? Again? I guess you just mentioned, well, uh, at the Oscars, right? Or was it a fashion mm. show or something? Uh, Wesley Snipes wore like, a dress? I, I, I watched a really spoopy video today on the Met Gala. Oh, boy. That yeah, one's always got all bad. kinds of weird stuff it's, going he on. Was, he was done up like really weird. Who? Wesley Snipes. Yeah, Wesley Snipes looked basically like a gender or something. It was mm. like a weird outfit. He looked really weird. He might have been wearing lipstick even. Was that recently? Yeah, it was like in the last two weeks. I think it was the Oscars. Well, like 90% sure it was the Oscars. Oh, the Oscars. Okay, let me see. Wesley Snipes at the Oscars. Let me see what he looks like. Oh, my God. See what I'm saying? Yeah, what the hell, man? Yeah, post in the contact content chat. I'm not saying it has to do with his tax bill, but somebody's humiliating him. Or just did to himself. He played himself, as they say. That's not it. Uh... Or he's trying to channel that Chris Tucker... Fifth element energy, huh? Mm-hmm. Because it is it is a similar outfit where it's futuristic and weird, but not exactly like uh, Aunt Jemima or something. Yeah. Yeah. That's not a great picture. This one's better. Look at this guy. I mean, like this is this is. Guy, he looks like an old lesbian, right? Maybe I mean, he is. There you go. That's almost like a Freemasonic uh, Kilt. apron, right? Yeah, it's, yeah, exactly. The the, yeah. the little like, thing in the front there. Yep. Yeah, the thing in the front there. It's it very... is like an apron. It is just like a Mason's apron. Wow. Yep. With those shoes, really, bro? Um, big old clown actually, shoes. The entire. Yeah, the whole thing, man. It's very strange. 
glad I remembered to mention it. But his, I, he got, I don't know. Those, he got those buck are broken huge, in. Those are huge hands, right? So he got like, buck I, broken I, in I'm, jail. Like I, I, I don't know. There's something. There's something odd going on there. Most definitely, there is something weird going on with that guy. Uh, should I go through? Should we run through some of the news stories I sent you, Johnny? Just quickly, or uh, yeah, we'll real quick, because we got a couple more minutes. Thirty-year uh, anniversary of LA riots, I guess, was today or something like that. There was some kind of ceremony, and Tiger Woods came out today saying he's going to be plan- he's planning to play in the Masters after fourteen months after his car accident in Palos Verdes. Yeah, he and bounced. He bounced. According to Sportsball Radio, he has bounced back incredibly quickly. Yeah, people said he would. He might not have a chance, and uh, I don't know how many surgeries he had to have, but I'm guessing at least a couple. Well, that including the back surgeries that he's been getting over the years. Um, but he has always said that he wants to be the oldest guy who ever uh, wins the Masters, and I think the oldest guy—I forgot his name—but he was 46 years old, and I think. Arnold Palmer. Yeah, it could. I mean, I'm, I'm kind of joking, but it could be. Well, you mean Robert Palmer feel the heat? And, no, uh, no. The, sim- the, simply irresistible. The golfer that the drink is made up named after. Oh, that's Arnold Palmer. That's Arnold Palmer. Yeah, that's, that's not Robert. No, Palmer, Robert. Yeah. Robert. Robert Palmer was yeah, simply irresistible guy. Uh, Arnold Palmer with all the so. girls that dr- dressed in the, the trannies and the leather skirts, pretending to be women. She's so fine. Uh, I sent, speaking of that, I sent uh, Johnny a video of Prince that was uncovered at age 11 uh, talking to the local news about a teacher strike. And he sounds like a little communist nerd. Mm -hmm. Definitely a bug black. Oh, yeah. He definitely sounds like a little bug. He sounds like he sounds like a little like big mouth little uh, black girl. Yeah, actually. I don't think it's a deep fake. Definitely seems like Prince. He has some kind of speech thing going on, or it could be some kind of Android giant thing. I don't know. Mm-hmm. Did he have any kids? Uh, I, think about it. Prince didn't I don't think so. Kids. Also, by the way, it was April 29th is the 30th anniversary. At least that's the riots. Oh, shit. I'm, I'm sorry. That's I just a saw sublime song. News. That's the sublime song, at least. Remember April 29th, okay. 1992, there was a riot on the streets? Yeah. I, I don't know Sublime that well. It's it's, it's unfortunately shit. it's like I hear it well, at work a lot. It's one it's one yeah, of those not, it's one of those uh construction site rotations. If you're not listening to classic rock, you will end up hearing uh Sublime a couple times a day. Sounds like Dante's Inferno or something. Yeah, it's terrible. Um and then I saw a headline unconfirmed US three star general captured elite in Ukraine. Yeah as of out of Mariupol. That uh, is a big claim, but it's from Veterans Today, so who knows? That is a very I, iffy one. Somebody sent me uh, something on that yesterday, um, and it is hold on, kind of like yeah, we gotta go. That's our our angles. We gotta go rescue this guy. And oh, I see. Okay. Yeah. Well, I heard the same thing about Macron in France, and he's actually about to face an election, and he's getting boxed in by Le Pen. On the right, who's polling better than she ever has before. This is the old Le Pen, not the attractive Le Pen. And then, um, sorry, but then there's Melishon, the guy from the left, who I think his motto is something like, 
France Unbound. Like basically, he's you know saying Macron is like sort of a tyranny, and uh, uh, yeah, I'm not sure if he's um, I'm not sure what his platform is, but he's a leftist. And I guess he's a populist, and hmm. he, they're both very popular. And Macron is incredibly unpopular right now. Yeah, even though he's Jupiter, according to his uh, speech a while back. Oh, yeah, I can't right. stand Sublime. I was just thinking about that. <laughs> they're terrible. It's just they're I terrible. never liked. I never liked that shit at all. No, I don't like them. And we used to make fun of people that like Sublime. Uh, I think I think at the time when it was out, I I called it stoner reggae for jocks. That's what That's it was. That's a good description. That's exactly what it was, yeah. though. Mm-hmm. But then the guy like killed himself shooting up heroin and left his wife and, and kid, kid to yep. fend for themselves. Yeah, with all that you know, money. And, uh, yeah. And he's a saint like, for that. I like. Well, two joints in the morning, whatever, motherfucker. You're heating up a spoon and shit. You know. Yeah. So yeah. So I never right. had any. I never had any sympathy for the. Oh, the poor heroin addicts. I never really, yeah. Sorry. I mean, I hope they all get better. Yeah, I do too. You but like, yeah, I mean? they like, do. I, but I, like, I, like, when you have want, kids, I don't want anybody else to die of an OD. But like, uh, you know, just I don't know. It, yeah. It's just I don't know. terrible. It's a, yeah, it's, my a, it's a rough it's a rough opi- way to get to get started. You know what I mean? And then, yeah, my stance on the whole opiate thing is that uh, if you have ever had a major surgery before, you know that you don't want to be in the hospital and like it's not working, you know, like if you've had like some kind of near death experience and you're in the hospital, you don't want to like fuck over your body beforehand. So when that happens, like you'll be in massive amounts of pain and have PTSD from it. So junkies, you know, obviously there's a lot of problems with it, but for me, it's just practically stupid because they're fucking themselves over. Well, addiction, addiction is a terrible, terrible thing. And, I don't want to uh, minimize anybody's struggles with it, but I think Sublime sucks balls. Yeah. Right. No, what I mean is like, if, you know, if someone's struggling with that, think about what happens when you break your arm or something, you know, like you're going to not, you're not going to be able to actually get treated properly. There I think go. that's how it works. I could be wrong. I don't really know. Huh? Well, I don't know. Let's uh, let's wrap this up with Andy Dick got his ass beat again. Since we're doing all entertainment awesome. stuff again. Yeah. Andy Dick. He lives. I think he lives in like Marin or Tiburon or something like that up in the up in the Bay Area in California. And he was always in trouble for coming home either fucked up on drugs or really drunk and breaking into his neighbor's house thinking it was his own. He did that a couple That's times. That's tame for Andy Dick, though. What's that? That's pretty tame for Andy Dick. Yeah. I mean, it's like, yeah, so... Um, Possibly one of the worst people in Hollywood. That oh, ab- absolutely. The guy is a, a flaming drug addict, weirdo homo. All of the above, you yeah. know. How did he get his... How did he get his job? He's friends with Polly Shore or something. Yeah, well, Polly Shore's um, aunt owns owned. She passed away. She owned that comedy store. His mom. Club. His mom. It was his mom. Okay. Yeah. Well, yeah. Thank you, his mom. Yeah. Basically, some kind of CIA shit with because comedians are like the ultimate change agents. You know, not mm-hmm. only are they they're easy to control because they usually have issues, and then they're 
able to normalize things through humor, introduce ideas and such. Yep. Comedians are excellent cultural programmers and change, change agents. And you can, yeah, you can see, um, like, but like the big name comedians and what they, what they do and how they, they actually help shape society. You're uh, yeah. you're George Carlin's, you know, they're philosophers, another comedian. He's just really Crowd. funny. I'm sure Plato was funny at parties too. Shut up. Plato? Like, no, he was, you know, saying that, you know, that would compare Carlin to like a philosopher. I've heard that from like retarded Gen Xers. Oh, George Carlin, yeah. so dude, he's so smart, man. You know, and it, he's of course he's funny. I'm sure Plato was funny at parties too. Ha ha ha. You know what I mean? I've watched like longer segments of Carlin's standups, and it's just basically him making uh, nihilistic observations about s- current day society for him at the time, mm-hmm. right? Like, I, I don't really understand where the jokes are in his standup. Uh, the joke is on you because you're you know, witnessing all of the things that are going on and seeing the same things he's talking about and it's happening to you and he's telling you that it's happening to you and you're just laughing because there's nothing you can do about it. But like, I'll watch like a two minute clip with Norm MacDonald trying to tell a story to somebody and I'll be dying laughing. You know, like that you could tell the punchline is in his delivery, right? Right. Yeah, because Norm tells the story like nobody else. Like the, the story... The story he tells about the Vietnam guy, the Vietnam War vet guy. Never mm, mind. Yeah. For another time. I'm not going to do the you had to be there because that's 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 like the worst. When somebody tries to explain something funny that happened to them. And oh, yeah. It, it takes minutes. And mm-hmm. at the end, you're not laughing. And then the they're like, oh, well, you had to be there. You to be, right. And. And they say, well, you just had to be there. You're like, then why did you even tell me the could, story? Right. Like, you could have started with that. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. <laughs> All right. Well, we're going to get out of here. Uh, we have a Necronormicon following this. And we'll be back this weekend. Astro, thanks for coming by. Thanks for having me on. It's good to be part of the team. Right on. Uh, it's good to hear from you again, buddy. Thanks, DB. Nice to meet you, Grog Knight. Good to see you, Johnny. All right on. Grognak, you there? Did you fall asleep? I'll be muted. Buddy. Oh, shit. Who's taking notes? I know. Anyways, we're going <laughs> to get out of here. We'll, we'll figure Fire that out. Fire shirt. It was, just, it was nice to, to be in the same show as you, Astro. <laughs> yeah, thanks, man. See you guys yes. later. Next time, I'll try and bring an astrology report, because this year is the Pluto return for the USA, oh, that's which right. peaks on July 11th, apparently. And... Uh, kind of like the make or break time for the American empire this whole year. And uh, now actually I had some notes, but basically between now and the end of the month, all the planets are direct, which means none of them are retrograde or appear like they're going backwards. So uh, it's a good time to start new things. Uh, Mars and Venus are conjunct, which I forget what that means, but something to do with war. Um, we're still in the middle of that Neptune and Pisces thing, which means there's like huge illusions and uh, uh, this is like a major deception going on. I think that's pretty obvious to anyone since the COVID thing started. It's just getting worse. It's going to continue to get worse for another year or two. 
and um, I forget the, the other notes, but I'll try and bring a, a good outline for next time. Right on. Astrology. Well, or we'll you guys do, can have yes. an episode just about astrology too. You know, we could do that. Know. We've been we've talked about we've talked about talking about it, so might as well do an episode on it. And definitely, people should buy our shirts. Yes, and check out paranormies.com and get a pill.net account. And leave a comment. And leave a comment on paranormies.com. Uh, we will have a, a, a an update on our uh, situation with the RSS and all of our backlog of our shows. Um, I found on Telegram somebody had uploaded seasons like three, four, and five. Nice. And yeah. The old seasons are on archive.org, aren't they? Some of them. The very first, yeah, the first couple seasons are on archive.org. Our, our friend Helpful Timbo put them up nice. out, out there. That was great. Um, and I'm going to get everything together. And finally, we're going to have all the episodes labeled correctly in the proper order season one through season seven in one place. They will all be up on pill.net plus on paranormies.com. Uh, once we get the website redone. So, yeah. So there's that. And a lot more content coming soon. So, all right. Necronormicon, we're out of here. We'll see you this weekend. See you all later. Time travel makes you gay. People on the internet love to talk about lost civilizations and tell you all about them. They have really thought hard about all the different legends out there and sought to understand them in a context that makes sense with what we know about history and societies and fits them into that larger framework. The most famous lost civilization, of course, is Atlantis. Mentioned in Plato's works, Atlantis was an advanced civilization that suddenly fell. The fall of Atlantis, which is what Plato mentions, is very obviously part of the wider civilizational event known as the Bronze Age Collapse. Atlantis was a series of city-states developed on a similar scale to their contemporaries, the Minoans or the Mycenaeans. The cities that made up Atlantis were in what is now Madeira, an island off the coast of Morocco. Atlantis was famous for its wealth and opulence because, like the Phoenicians, they had developed processes for the production of advanced goods that they used to their technological advantage to gain from trade. With the various pressures that worked to create the Bronze Age collapse, there was a cataclysmic war that broke out between the city-states and led to the fall of the whole civilization. In the end, climate change, which is totally real, caused the majority of a large island to sink into the ocean, giving rise to the current geology of the area. While no ruins remain in the region, the way that Atlantis sank into the ocean in a sudden violent event scattered the remains throughout the Atlantic Basin. Before the last ice age, the geography of Europe was quite different. The Thames, Seine, and Rhine were mere tributaries to a magnificent river that emptied into the Atlantic. What is now the Dogger Bank was once a landmass dubbed Doggerland. Artifacts have been found proving that humans lived on this piece of land that slowly descended into the ocean over the course of 1500 years. In Doggerland, there was a tribal culture that lived on the outskirts of European civilization. Hardened by cold conditions and tough living, the skill of the Hyperborean warriors that lived there was known throughout the Proto-European peoples. Over thousands of years, the sea kept rising higher and higher, turning Doggerland first into an island before it disappeared beneath the North Sea. A few artifacts from this lost civilization have been found and analyzed. However, due to the difficulty of studying these people, evidence of the wider Hyperborean culture remains elusive. Ultimately, we can only speculate on what a group of humans stranded for hundreds of generations on a swiftly shrinking island were able to understand about their calamity and how they responded to it. 
The history of humanity as we think of it today stretches back at least 40,000 years to our first evidence of humans existing and searching for meaning beyond mere survival. The earliest cave paintings show us that humans have been contemplating and trying to make sense of the world for far longer than the written historical record, which only begins 2,500 years ago in Athens. Artifacts and artwork shed light on what came before, but they do not tell the whole story, and they are restricted to particular places where archaeology has been done and the conditions existed to preserve things for thousands of years. Even the 2,500 years of written history is full of uncertainty and missing pieces. There are many cultures which we know existed, but only through archaeological evidence. It is doubtless there are civilizations which left no traces behind. That means there were important civilizations that have been largely forgotten to time. The oldest civilizations rose in Sumeria about 6,000 years ago. There were not only good agricultural conditions in Mesopotamia, but the arid climate preserved ruins and artifacts there that would have disappeared anywhere else. Looking elsewhere, the civilizations of Central America before the arrival of Europeans were examples of Neolithic civilizations that had cities, stories, cultures, mathematics, and other features of a complex society. There's no real reason to think the civilizations similar to the Aztec, Mayan, Inca, and Olmec did not exist in other parts of the world much earlier in our history, and the evidence of their existence is hidden to most observers beneath the succession of new civilizations that followed in their wake in the same location. One such land, in the far north of Europe, is a region known as Thule. While Sumerian cities in Mesopotamia were developing Neolithic civilizations, similar cities coalesced in the plains of Sweden and Norway. Similarly to Mesopotamia, primitive agriculture allowed for some of the first cities to be built. Scandinavia is not good at preserving architectural evidence as Mesopotamia, so evidence of the cities of Thule were lost in the ages, preserved only in the folk legends of their descendants, who regressed into tribal civilizations over the years. In April 2017, the Athens Journal of Mediterranean Studies published a paper identifying the origins of the Homeric legends with the denizens of the Baltic coast, with the Baltic taking place in the Mediterranean, making the case for a Thulean Bronze Age civilization. While the distant past contains innumerable lost civilizations, there are certainly some that exist in a more recent epoch. For example, a mysterious island from Arthurian legend, Avalon, is shrouded in secrets and mists. Today we know that Avalon was a city in Brittany that thrived following the fall of the Western Roman Empire. The historical record indicates that Romans, abandoned by their fallen empire, tried to maintain their way of life and Avalon was the last bastion of Roman civilization in a Gaul that was swiftly transforming into France. Avalon, with its head start in technology, was rapidly advancing alchemical and magical methods that threatened to make them the dominant power in Western Europe. This threat led to the crowning of Charlemagne as Holy Roman Empire, who spent a significant part of his early reign keeping the forces of Avalon at bay and pushing them back, forcing them to abandon their advanced studies. The survivors of the Avalonian Crusade hid themselves throughout Europe, becoming hermit sorcerers and summoners, slowly biding their time to reassert themselves over many generations and centuries. Today, the remnants of Avalonians have infiltrated European governments. They can easily be identified due to their lack of children as the alchemical techniques they use to stay alive and disguise their appearance render them infertile. One need look no further than the heads of government in Western Europe to see how far the Avalonian influence has spread. Fortunately for us, Charlemagne's 12 peers, the Paladins, have remained active and are currently preparing their counterstroke against the Avalonians. Another legend emerging from the Dark Ages tells of a mysterious supernation that united the peoples of Europe against steppe warriors and Mohammedans. Christendom started out large, an extension of the power of Imperial Rome going forth beyond its borders and surviving the fall of the West. However, Christendom hit its nadir and was reduced to a shadow of its former self before conversions by the word and by the sword united peoples of Europe and parts of the Near East under a single banner. 
Several theories exist on the failure of this legendary nation. The first, that the schisms of Christianity into a thousand sects destroyed the unity that once existed. Another theory is that Christendom was a victim of its own success, and its universal message of hope grew beyond the geographical bounds that had once confined it, and once Christendom became a global entity encompassing all kinds of peoples, it ceased to be capable of creating any level of political unity. The last theory is that the governing power of Christendom weakened to such an extent that it was already supplanted to most people by new ideas and structure. We may never know what happened to this glorious land, but we can remember its example and learn from it. Forgotten civilizations were not solely from Europe. Unfortunately, the relative paucity of written words makes identifying lost civilizations through examination of legendary writings even more difficult. One famous Eastern legend is Shangri-La. This mystical and mysterious land seems to actually exist in an oasis deep in the Himalayas with beautiful lush greenery. The people of Shangri-La have powerful restorative magics which they use to give their people long and healthy lives. Shangri-La uses a magical shield to keep itself away from the prying eyes of would-be interlopers. With a big shield like that, it would be hard to imagine Shangri-La as anything bigger than a self-sustaining city-state. Nevertheless, Shangri-La provides each citizen with luxury, comfort, and long life. The people use their abilities to help each other heal miraculously from otherwise death-dealing elements, as well as instruct outsiders in their techniques. To keep a shroud of secrecy that has somehow persisted into the modern era, those on the outside that interact with Shangri-La are privy only to necessary details so that they cannot reveal compromising information. Furthermore, only very rarely are outsiders allowed within Shangri-La, and those outsiders usually have their memories erased before they are permitted to leave and have false memories embedded. On the opposite side of the world, in the Americas, there are plenty of legendary civilizations as well. For instance, El Dorado, the ancient city of gold from Spanish legends, once stood in the heart of the Yucatan Peninsula. Gold is something of a luxury item and does not have immediate value besides its looks and the fact that it doesn't oxidize. The earliest civilizations in the region, predating the Maya, had access to so much gold it made sense to use it as a building material. The properties of gold made it ideal for the types of ornament and architecture these early cultures used. With a city like that, the great wealth of the citizens of El Dorado was not a secret to tribes all over the Americas and the Caribbean. You cannot keep something like that hidden. These tribes, in an unprecedented level of coordination for their era, assembled a host of nations to rival Xerxes' invasion of Greece. Unlike the Greeks, heroism on the part of the citizens of El Dorado was not enough for their city to escape plunder and ruin. Each man in the army carried off as much gold as he could, with tribes returning over and over again, year after year, until the city ceased to be. The former citizens of El Dorado spread out across the peninsula and eventually coalesced into the tribes that would come together to become the Mayan Empire. The memory of the city of gold was preserved through oral tradition, passed on from generation to generation like the tales of Homer before finally being heard by the Europeans. In fact, El Dorado today is like the city of Troy prior to the 19th century, and that scholars today dispute the existence of the city of El Dorado. Unfortunately, evidence for this once great city may now be buried so deep in the jungle that it will never be found and studied. Of course, lost civilizations are not just limited to the merely earthly. What is now known as the asteroid belt was once a planet sporting an advanced alien civilization. Some 60,000 years ago, these aliens tried to invade Earth. What they found on Earth was an advanced civilization of black men and women reigning over the world from Africa. This great race had developed technology surpassing modern humans living in harmony with nature while having total control of the world around them. Hunger and want had all been eliminated. When the aliens from planet V invaded Earth, it was a struggle for both sides. The planet V aliens were gaining an upper hand against the forces of United Earth, and it was increasingly looking like the whole of humanity would be wiped out in the struggle. As a result, the best human scientists developed a doomsday plan. 
Their weapon obliterated the alien homeworld, creating the asteroid belt. However, the tragic side effect of this doomsday weapon created radiation so powerful that it wiped out all of the technology and achievements of human African civilization. The cost of saving humanity was returning humanity to its pre-agricultural state and starting over. Planet V isn't the only time that extraterrestrial life has had a major impact on life on Earth. In fact, there is an ancient planet called Nemesis, or Tiamat, that exists in a highly eccentric orbit around the Sun. When it enters the inner solar system, it brings numerous comets, asteroids, and other cosmic debris into the inner solar system, wreaking havoc on the Earth. Nemesis is also home to strange demonic creatures which hibernate for tens of thousands of years until the planet reaches the inner solar system. These creatures then awaken and descend on Earth to feed. Most strange monsters people encounter are remnants from the last invasion by the denizens of Nemesis, which occurred approximately 800 BC, giving rise to what is now considered human mythology. These stories weren't merely the fables of simple people, but the recounting of mankind's encounter with the other world.